I want to welcome everybody to a live broadcast. Today is Tuesday, April 21st, 2015. This is not pre-recorded. We have with us today a real special treat for you. We've got minister, worldwide missionary and evangelist, the prayer walker. I'm talking about Henry Groover. He's fresh back from his overseas prayer walking trips, and uh, we got him. He called me, and I said, Brother Groover, we've got to get you on, so he made time available in his busy schedule, and he's going to be bringing a teaching today on how to prayer walk. Brother Groover, welcome back to Omega Man Radio. How have you been doing since last time? Oh, doing fine, Brother Davis. It's been good. It's been good fruit. I'm happy with the last three, three almost three and a half months. Uh, good fruit. I'm thrilled with what's been accomplished. You know, Brother Henry, uh, next to Jesus, of course, you are my hero because um, <laughs> you are tireless in walking the globe, pulling down strongholds to set the captives free and give people a fighting chance again in areas where the enemy has had strongholds for so many years. And uh, when you come on the program, it's better than any Indiana Jones movie. I'm here to tell you. Because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> The places you get to go is exciting. And uh, you know what? I'm not going to talk much today because I'm here to hear you teach. I want you to open up in prayer and you take the microphone, my brother. All righty. Let's do that. Father in heaven, we just want to praise you. We want to thank you for your faithfulness and for your goodness to us. Lord, you are so good. Your mercies are new every morning and how true we have found this. And, Lord, your faithfulness is unending, and we praise you for that. And so, Lamb of God, we just ask of you now. We ask of you that everything that is said today will bring honor and glory to your holy name. This is the cry. This is the desire of our heart, that we will bring honor and glory to your name. Guide us today. Lead us. Lord, you know each person out there that's listening. I don't know. I can't see them, but you know exactly who they are. Your, your detail is so awesome that not even a sparrow falls, but what you know the whole story of how and what its destiny was in its last breath and heartbeat. And we can't match that. We can't match that. We can't begin to, to really even hardly comprehend it, let alone match it. And so, Lamb of God, we just ask for your guidance. We ask for your direction here today, that you will speak into individuals' lives, that you will give them answers to their questions. This is, this is the cry of our heart. And so we ask that, that all that we say and do today will bring honor and glory to your holy name. Oh, Father, just 
just release your Holy Spirit and a supply of the Holy Spirit to where that we can truly, truly please you. And if we please you, then I know our brother, our sister, our unbeliever that might be listening right now, we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that they will get the answers to the questions that they have. And so we ask for that in Jesus' precious name. And we praise you for it now. Be glorified in us today, we pray. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. At this time, Brother Henry, the mic is yours. You take it away, my friend. Well, uh, I just finished uh, three three months over in Japan, Korea, Singapore, Malaysia, and Taiwan. And all of that was focused on prayer walking. And uh, I, I, for the first time, I went to Singapore last year in September. And... Uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, the heart of the people there in Singapore were ready. They were ready for answers. They were ready to go to work. They were ready to see things happen. And uh, they got to see it. And we, we trained, taught prayer walking, and walked and prayed with them. And they're just I was just with them again now here in this month, or last month actually in March. And... Uh, glorious meeting with them and uh, Korea has taken off the book uh, prayer walking book is now translated into Korean and there and available in Korean it's now translated and published in Mandarin Chinese the prayer walking book and uh, is well their first printing has already sold out their printing again but uh, in Taiwan and uh, so good things are happening. I'm telling you, just awesome things are taking place. It's it's beautiful to see what the Lord is doing. I I went over to uh, over to Taiwan last year in uh, uh, September for the first time and was sharing testimonies. And as I shared testimonies, uh, I didn't know, but uh, the pastor there. He, uh, he and two other pastors went to Taiwan. I mean, it went to Okinawa because my testimonies were about Okinawa. And they went to Okinawa and checked out my testimonies. And I'll tell you what, when they went to check them out, they came back on fire. <laughs> the people, nine pastors uh, in Okinawa got together and filled their ears full and took them to sites of transformations sites where there had been altars, shaman altars, and ancestor worship for centuries. Uh, one area there, they claim it goes back 5,000 years. And uh, they had built a, uh, a tall, I think it's 26-story apartment complex right on that ground. And, uh, but there's an excavation there that's been protected on the side, and they made kind of a little park there to show that some of the things they found. But the problem was people kept jumping off of that 26-story apartment complex committing suicide. And that's what drew us there. Things like this. Prayer walking is not just simply walking and praying. 
it is it is walking and looking for evil or sensing evil. It is exercising your senses to discern both good and evil. And I want to emphasize that right up front because if you go prayer walking only looking for evil, believe me, in any nation you go, you have no trouble finding evil. You know that. But you must also look for the good. And so that's what I want to begin today with, is what do you do with the sin when you see evil? How do you handle that? What is your responsibility concerning that? Think about that. Jesus said in John chapter 20, beginning with verse 19 through 23, he appeared to his disciples in the room right in the middle of the room where they were gathered. And, and it says they were gathered for fear of the Jews. They were gathered for fear of their life, afraid they would be crucified next. And Jesus appeared right in the middle of them. And the first words he said unto them was, Peace be unto you. I love that. You always know that you are walking with the Lord if you are walking in peace. Prayer walking, conducting your daily life or whatever, please keep in mind, if you don't have peace, don't pursue. Don't go ahead. Don't, don't do it. It doesn't matter if you're buying something in the store of, of food or products, an automobile, a house, a business, whatever kind of transaction you are conducting. If you are striving and struggling and you can't seem to get peace, confusion, and all these things continually plague you, then you are in trouble. Do not go ahead. Back off. It will never work right. This is how we buy products and things that we call lemons. <laughs> they become sour to our taste. They never seem to work right, and we're always struggling to make them work and keep them running. That's because we bought it in strife and without peace. That's, that's one of the first lessons the Lord taught me in 1961, January, the first Saturday night of January 1961. Here were the first instructions the Lord gave me. When I had made a vow that year, I had started university my first year, and I, I really felt guilty that I was not in church as much as I could use, usually would be or had been in the past. So I made a vow that New Year's Eve of 1960, this next year, every Saturday night, I will give it to you, Lord. I will go on the streets and I will personally hand out 100 gospel tracts. That was the vow I made to God. Now, God doesn't ask you to make vows, but if you make them, I was always taught very strongly, never go back on your vow to God because he doesn't ask you to do it. So if you make it, stand by it. And believe me, if you make it and you feel it's the will of God for your life, he will help you fulfill it. It doesn't mean you will not be tested and tried. Believe me, you will. But uh, that's what he spoke to me. He said, I'll give you peace, and I'll give you a song. Start walking. And he said, if at any time you lose peace or cannot remember the song, stop. Go back and find that peace again. 
and your song. If you'll do that, I can guide you and I can lead you step by step. And I began to do that. And that first night that he challenged me in that, I walked four square blocks in that city of Phoenix, Arizona, that was all nightclubs and bars and prostitution houses. That was in 1961, the first Saturday night. All bars, nightclubs, and all. Now it's a, a beautiful big heart of, of Phoenix, Arizona, called a convention center. All of the bars, nightclubs, and brothels are gone. That's a transformation, people. And so things like that. God began working with me at 18 years of age, teaching me these principles. Now here we are 54 years later, and... Uh, still walking the same principles. They have not changed. They haven't changed one iota. I still trust, greatly trust the peace of God. I still have a song, and my song is new. And even when I minister many times, I break into a song. I don't know that I'll do it over the air. probably wouldn't sound very good, but uh, uh, many times I will break into a song and the song will go along with the point that I'm making because it is something that I have sang to the Lord in the past. Remember, songs are commitment, they're dedication, they're reconciliation, they're, they represent all kinds of worship and praise and thanksgiving. And uh, songs are, are very powerful in your life. And so I think that's the reason God gave me this word. I'll give you peace and I'll give you a song. Well, that first night, I walked four square blocks and the peace of God would leave me every time I would head for somebody. It kept me away from people. And that was a tough one on my mind. I could not understand that one. And my mind, of course, began questioning is this God? How can this be God when it's keeping me away from people? And uh, so then I, I began to realize in Romans chapter, uh, chapter 8, verses 7 through 9, it says the carnal mind is enmity with God. That means that word, Greek word enmity means has declared war on God, and indeed it cannot please God. And so there were two things that I began to learn in that early days of prayer walking. Never walk away from the peace of God. If you walk with the peace of God, he will protect you. He will guide you to the hurting people. And that first Saturday night that I began doing that, God did something so awesome for me. Actually, it was the second Saturday night. And the first Saturday night, I only got three tracks handed out. That means the next Saturday night, I had 197 tracks to hand out. <laughs> so it was multiplying on me. And I was kind of heavy and distressed that Saturday night. In Psalms 120, verse 1, David wrote, In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me. And so when we call on the name of the Lord, when things aren't working right, if you'll listen to him, he will direct your path. And in the New Testament, it says it in many ways. In the Old Testament, many times it says, in all your ways, 
Acknowledge the Lord. That means call on the Lord and he will direct your path. So put your trust in the Lord. How do you know if you're putting your trust in the Lord? The scripture says, let all them that put their trust in the Lord rejoice. So you see, people tell me all the time, I'm trusting the Lord, and yet they're on pins and needles. They're nerves, they're a bundle of nerves, and they're having such a struggle, and the work is so hard. And I say, wait a minute, are you really putting your trust in the Lord? Why are you striving so? Why are you laboring so hard? Well, well, they'll say, it, it's hard. It's hard. This Trying to trust God is hard. I say, wait a minute. You, you've got something wrong here. The Word of God says, if you're trusting the Lord, then rejoice. So now you've trusted him. Now release it. Release it to him and rejoice. That means you're putting faith in action. And when you put faith in action, you can rejoice because you've entered your rest. Philippians chapter 2 says there's a, there's a rest that remains for the people of God. And it remains that we must enter that rest. So think about these things. These are basic principles, but they're very important in our life. That first night that I began walking and praying in the peace and in the song, I walked one square block, didn't get one track handed out. Corinthians, I think it's 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I believe. No, it's 2 Corinthians. Uh, It says, for we walk, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And here's the struggle I had that first night trying to walk in peace. Verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or the knowing of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Then it says you're in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And it says in verse 7, do you look on things after the outward appearance? That was my struggle. I was looking on things, walking that four square blocks. I had 100 tracks, 197 that night to hand out to make up for the 97 I didn't get handed out the previous Saturday night. And here I am. How am I going to get 197 handed out when I only got three handed out last Saturday night? And I came to the very place in that one square block where God spoke to me and said, start walking, I'll give you peace in a song. I came to that place, I walked beyond it three steps, lost the peace in the song. I turned around and came back those three steps, and the peace and the song came back. There wasn't anybody there. I looked at the nightclub door and said if I wasn't 21, I couldn't go in. So I thought, well, I made an about face and looked across the street. There were people across the street. I still had peace in a song until I stepped off the sidewalk, which was between two intersections, no crosswalk. A motorcycle policeman come up, and he come right in front of me. He said, young man, unless you want me to write you a ticket, you get back on that sidewalk, go down there to the crosswalk. That's jaywalking. And I thought, ooh, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Well, I just turned around, 
tried to head down the direction he pointed to the crosswalk, and I lost peace again, which would be going back the direction I had come. And so I turned around and headed back in the direction to where he first gave me the peace in the song, and I stood there, looked to my right, that was across the street, that'd be jaywalking, looked to my left, there's the nightclub door. I folded my arms facing that nightclub door with the peace of God on me, humming away, and said, Lord, until you do something, I'm just going to stand right here because I'm stuck. I can't go in there. I can't go behind me. I can't go to the right, the left. And so I just stood there, and a big bully come out, a big hunk of a man. First time in my life I ever had a, a man that had been drinking come right up under my nose, and he was cursing me, and I'm trying to think, what did I do to him? I don't remember him. I didn't try to give him a track. I've never met him before. Why is he so angry with me? But what I didn't know, God was setting me up. He was setting me up for one of the most awesome experiences of my life. If you will, with all your heart, begin to make a commitment to the Lord, to prayer walk, and to, to do it every week, if you don't do any more than walk the street you live on for 15 minutes and the next week walk another street for 15 minutes, it will amaze you how far most of you could walk. 11, 12 minutes is easy to walk a mile here in America. That's eight city blocks. You can cover a lot of territory in a year doing that one day a week. I think anybody has 15 minutes a week that they could give to the Lord. But I want to warn you, if you start doing that, it's going to be so contagious, it's going to get a hold of you. And you're going to start doing it more and more because you're going to have some of the most awesome experiences. You are going to begin to accumulate testimonies of what the Lord has done. And that's so important. That's so important that you and my, my family, myself, that we learn we learn like Psalms 124, verse 1, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. We learn if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. That big bully come right up under my nose calling me a skinny little punk, and he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punch your lights out. And he stepped back, and he doubled his fist, and he swung with all his might, and he went right by my ear. He looked at his fist as if to say, why didn't you hit him? And he swung again, and he began swinging, and then he began swinging with both fists. And he was just fanning my ears. Now, you may not believe this, but that literally happened. He was fanning my ears, cursing loudly, and somebody hollered. They'd come out of the nightclub behind him, and they hollered back in, Hey, there's a bully out here beating up on a kid. Call the police. And out came people to see the fight, and when a crowd came out of that nightclub, they began to come out of the other nightclubs, and pretty soon, horns were honking behind me. I couldn't turn around. He was swinging at me. I couldn't, I couldn't turn around, but I, I felt so good. I said, Lord, I got 197 here. If you just shut this man down, I can get my tracks handed out. And people were yelling, come on, hit him. What do you, don't play with him. Don't play with him, hit him. And then they were yelling at me, come on, kid, he can't see you. Land one on him, hit him. And then, then one guy hollered out, hey, kid, he's so drunk, he's seeing double. 
just blow on him and he'll fall over. And that, all of this yelling made this bully madder and madder, but he couldn't seem to hit me. I couldn't walk out from those fists swinging by my ears, but I did notice off from his left ear on my right, tied against that nightclub wall, I saw a man walking, trying to get over to see me. And when he looked through the crowd and his face, he looked right at mine. I looked into his eyes. The Lord spoke to me and said, go tell that man I love him. And, of course, then I, I'm talking to the Lord, and I'm saying, well, Lord, you've got to stop this man from swinging, and I'll go. You know, we always want to do that. We want to tell the Lord, I'll take care of it from here. Thank you for the setup. <laughs> but, you know, uh, God has a plan, and his plan was so beautiful and so sovereign. I'll tell you, Brother Davis, this, this night set my soul on fire, the second Saturday night of that year of 1961. All of a sudden, that big man just grunted out some words and said, you're not worth it, you skinny little punk, and he dropped his fist. He turned around and elbowed his way back into the nightclub. And I headed over to the man that I could see through about eight, ten people uh, to tell him Jesus loved him. And people were saying, man, that was God. He couldn't hit you. And I said, yeah, I know. Here, take one of these. And I'm handing out tracts, and everybody wants one. I get to this man, and I say, do you know that Jesus loves you? The tears just burst out on his face. He pushed people aside and went down on his knees, sobbing. And as I went down to try to, I had been trying to memorize the, the spiritual road of evangelism, the Romans road of evangelism, Romans 3, 23, 10, 23, 10, 9, and 10. You know what I mean. The Romans road of evangelism, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful. And I'm, I'm standing there. I'm trying to quote these scriptures to him to mechanically lead him to the Lord and all of a sudden, I listen to him, and I hear him saying, he's saying, Oh, God, I sat in that nightclub so depressed. I became so depressed, I didn't want to live anymore. And I prayed a prayer, and I said, This is going to be my last prayer to God. If he answers this, I won't commit suicide. If he doesn't, I'm going to go kill myself. And he said it this way, if you will send somebody to tell me you love me, I won't commit suicide. I couldn't go into the nightclub. I wasn't 21. And I wasn't with anybody 21. I was alone. So God had to create an incident to get me out. I found out later that everybody left the nightclub except the bartender and the man that was going to commit suicide sitting there nursing a beer. And finally, the bartender says, well, you didn't even buy that. That big man that went out the door bought you that. Now finish that beer up and get out so I can see what's going on. He had called the police. He wanted to go see the action. But he wouldn't go outside until everybody was out of the nightclub. And so he made him get out. You see, I couldn't go in to tell him Jesus loved him, but God sent him out, and my eyes met his, and the Lord spoke to me, go tell that man I love him. That was the first suicide that I interrupted in my life. People, you don't have to believe this if you don't want to. But on many different continents of the earth, I have interrupted suicides by listening to the voice of God. 
Now, that's another reason to prayer walk. You learn to commune with God. You learn his voice. He said, my sheep know my voice. You know, George Beverly Shea used to sing a song for Billy Graham Crusades for many, many years. It's about coming to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear is so sweet that the birds hush their singing. And he walks with me and he talks with me. The first indication of God communing with man is way back there in Genesis chapter 3, I think it is, where he says, God walked in the cool of the evening and he came to fellowship with Adam and Eve. And he called out to them, but they had sinned. You see, they heard his voice, and they ran and hid. As you begin to learn the voice of God and fall in love with him, you will not run and hide. Your fellowship and communion will become so sweet. And you'll find that he'll answer your prayers. I believe that's the main emphasis of prayer walking for you as an individual is you learn to commune with the Lord. You learn to walk and talk with the Lord. Keep your focus on him. And he will, he will hear you and you will hear him and you will begin to, you will begin to develop a, an ability to hear his voice. When I in those days, I began to want to learn the voice of God more accurately. I carried a pen and pencil in my pocket. And I said, Lord, uh, a pen and paper in my pocket. And I said, Lord, I want to know your voice, and I want to know it well. And so I want to learn it by the word, by the word of God. And so if you speak to me to do something, I'm going to ask you to give me six book, chapter, verse of the Bible. Verses from the Bible, any book, any chapter, I'm going to ask you to give to me, and I'll write them down, and then I'll look them up, and if they all speak the same thing, if they're in context, and they speak the right thing, not, not Judas went out and hung himself, and then the next scripture is, go and do likewise. Obviously, that isn't a word from the Lord, is it? That's, that's Satan trying to take the word of God and twist it like he always does. In John 8 and 44, he says, Jesus said he's a liar and the father of lies. So, so if he's the father of lies, how can he speak any truth? He only takes the truth and he, he defiles it by changing it and speaking a little truth with a big lie. And so God was dealing with me that night. I, got, I, I was praying with that man and realized he was repenting. I looked up and saw a big Native American man slapping the tears away from his face, and he was saying, this was God, this was God. That man, he couldn't hit this kid. He couldn't hit him. And I stood up and I said, yes, I know. And I said, now listen, get down here with this man and you do what he's doing, because I wanted to get my tracks handed out. And he got down, and that first man that was going to commit suicide put his arms up around that big Native American man, and he says, just tell Jesus what you've done wrong. I was going to kill myself, and I asked Jesus to come and, and tell, some, tell me that he loved me by someone. And that man just told me that he loved me. That kid told me that Jesus loved me. And he's talking to this man, and they're crying together. 
and I start handing out tracts. I get all these tracts that I can hand it out from the people on the sidewalk, and I'm motioning for them to come off the street, and here they come, and I'm walking back and forth handing out tracts. Here comes a motorcycle policeman that the Saturday night before or, or had, had come and said, get off, you know, don't, don't jaywalk. And uh, here he comes, and he pulls his nightstick out, his club, and he starts driving people off the road over to my side. And so I'm running back and forth, handing out tracks. I'm down to three tracks, 194 tracks I handed out. That's how God rebuked the devourer of time for me and brought it right back up to date. And that officer come back up on the sidewalk over there then, and he said, all right, now where is this fight? Who's, who's involved? Well, the bully had gone back into the nightclub, and they all pointed at me. And he, he looks at me and he says, yeah, I know you. You're not 21. Unless you're with 21, you've got about 12 minutes to get off these streets because of curfew. And I must have had 30 fellows say, he's with me. And that officer kind of grinned and looked at me, and he says, you're not with them, are you? And I said, no, sir, I'm not. Well, you see, I tried to give him a track, and he said, uh, no. He says, look, he says, I'm already a Christian. He says, you give those to somebody that, that needs them. But he says, I'll tell you what, take your revival meeting down around the corner. And uh, <laughs> he says, but you've got to be off these streets in 12 minutes because he said, you're not 21. So I said, okay, sir. Well, the, the, the man that was going to commit suicide and the Native American went with me down around the corner. And another man followed, and he accepted a track. So that only left two. I took the Native man. Native American man back out to his reservation, to his home. He was crying. He wanted me to wait. His mother and sister come out, and they accepted Jesus, and I gave them the last two tracts. God let me give away all 197 tracts that day. Wow. I was on fire, Brother Davis. I'll tell you, I said, this works. That was my introduction to prayer walking. And, uh, I tell you, it, it is so powerful. It is so powerful. Uh, the next area I'd like to talk about, I, I've got to keep moving here. Wow, it's hard to believe so much time has gone by already. But uh, the next thing is, is when you start prayer walking, recognize that uh, you're walking in the peace of God. You're walking in the wisdom of God. That's James chapter 3, verse 12 through 18, James 3, verse 12 through 18, that speaks of two wisdoms. And it begins by asking a question, can sweet water and bitter water flow out of the same fountainhead? No, no, it can't. And so it, he says, if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. For this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, it's sensual and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Now that's the wisdom from below that is earthly, sensual, and devilish. The word sensual means the exercising of your senses to ungodliness or to sin. All right? 
And this is something that every man, woman, boy and girl has a problem with as they begin to get older, especially young people. Their senses begin being exercised in sensuality. They'll try to sell you a hamburger on television nowadays through sensuality. Uh, They'll sell anything using sensual things of lust, and that's the wisdom from below. But the wisdom from above, look at what it says. It's first of all pure, then it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's easily approached, it's without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness, or doing what is right, is sown in peace of them that make peace. So you see, peace is mentioned three times in the wisdom from above. That's how important peace is. It's the only attribute there that's mentioned three times. And I have found this to be so true throughout my entire life about the peace of God. It's so important. I can't emphasize it enough in every facet of your daily living. So as you walk, as you walk and pray, all of a sudden, this happened to me at 18 years old. As I was walking and praying, as I was walking and praying, uh, all of a sudden, I began to have evil thoughts. And I thought, what is going on? I'm doing a spiritual thing, and I'm battling these, these filthy thoughts. And that was on the same streets of Skidrow, what they called Skidrow. And uh, I come under condemnation. Well, according to Romans 8, verse 1, it says, There is therefore now, when is now? Does now ever change? Never does. Now will be with you throughout eternity. Now is present tense. Then is future, and when could be past or future. But now will it be with you forever. And so keep this in mind. As you're walking and praying, all of a sudden an evil thought can come to your mind that you you don't invite. You don't want a thing to do with it. What's happening? The Lord taught me what has taken place is something that you must not take personally. This is when God taught me the teaching I call, don't take it personally. Take it to the Father. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord, and he will direct your path. So you understand that? So you have an evil thought. Immediately look up and say, Father in heaven, that is evil. What is my responsibility to you concerning it? And that's where John chapter 20, verse 19 through 23 comes in, where the Lord says, He came to his disciples, locked in the room for fear of their life. And the first thing he says is, peace be unto you. And then he breathed on them, and then he said, peace be unto you again. And then he said these words in 23. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins you retain, 
they are retained. Now, what is that word remit? What, what is that? We, in many translations of the Bible say, forgive. Well, if you look up like an old, I've got an old Funk and Wagnalls 1930 dictionary. It gives you the full meaning and origin of every word. It's massive book and very thick. But I love what it says. Remitting means to re- the synonym is to release, relax, absolve, discontinue, leave off, mitigate, alleviate, soften, relent, consign, and deliver. Wow. What a powerful thing. Think about that. That's what happens when you remit. Release, relax, absolve, discontinue, leave off, mitigate, alleviate, soften, relent, consign, and deliver. It is a powerful word. What you're doing is you're, you're taking that sin and you're lifting it up to the cross. And Jesus is saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You see, that's exactly what our Savior did on the cross. We do not have evidence other than the thief on the right. We have no evidence in Matthew chapter 27. We have no evidence that anyone else is repenting. They are wagging their heads. They're mocking. They're laughing at him. The soldiers are saying, hey, king, where's your, where's your army? And then the priests are saying, look at him, he saved others, he can't even save himself. And so Jesus cried with a loud voice before he died. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's remitting. Now, years and years later, from 1961 to 1985, you see, that's that's a few years, isn't it? It's like half of some people's lifetime almost. Uh, 24 years. 24 years. Wow. Yeah. 24 years later, I'm in Shrewsbury, England. I'm walking and praying, and the Lord tells me to remit the sins that have taken place in the Shrewsbury Castle, which is all busted down, and it said there that it was... It was blown down by Hitler's missiles that he was firing over into England. And they've never restored Shrewsbury Castle. And now the Lord is telling me to remit the sins that have taken place there. Well, I've never done that. I don't understand that specifically to pray a prayer to remit sins that are past. And I said, Lord, remember now I had asked for years, the Lord would give me book, chapter, and verse, six of them. For years I did that. And when you do that, at first you will not hear all book, chapter, and verse accurately. They won't be in context. They won't make any sense. Keep doing it, though. If you're faithful to the Lord and he sees you really want to hear his voice accurately, In time, as you begin to tune into his voice properly, you will be able to hear six book, chapter, verse perfectly, and every one of those verses will be in context and will be in the subject of what God wants you to see and hear. And then you've begun to tune in your senses to hear God accurately. 
All he asks is that you desire and make an effort, and you will learn his voice accurately. I've, I've tried to specialize in that through the years, and I've prayed over hundreds of people, thousands of people, and the Lord has told me what to pray and how to pray and what their problem is. I, I, don't, I don't like to specialize in that, but people have me pray for them, and they don't, I tell them, don't tell me anything. Please don't tell me what your need is. Let me, let me listen to the Lord and have him tell me what your need is, and then your faith will come up because you'll know that I'm hearing from God. And so I've learned that, and for that purpose I like to do it. I don't like to just line people up by the 50s or 100s or 1,000 then, so to speak, read their mail. I don't like doing that. I'm not interested in that. It's very time-consuming, and it wears me out. It takes a lot of strength out of you. But I love to hear God's voice accurately. The Lord's told us to go forth and to break every yoke. A yoke is, is something that, that portrays bondage, doesn't it? And so he commanded us to break every yoke. Well, how do you break every yoke if you don't hear God accurately enough to know what the yoke is? And how can the person be confident you're hearing from God if you have to hear everything that person's going through from their lips, wouldn't it be better you'd hear from the Lord? So prayer walking helps you to hear more accurately from the Lord. That's uh, very important to remember. Now let's go back to that, what he said in Shrewsbury Castle. I want you to ask me to forgive the sins that have taken place there. So I said, okay, Father, but... Give me your word for that. I, I don't know where it says I can remit the sins that are past. I've only been concentrating and focusing on sins that are present, that I see, that, that are literally occurring and reoccurring right there at that place as a stronghold. And he just quoted to me, and he just said Romans 3.25 and 26. I opened my Bible, and it says, to declare the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Verse 26 says, And again I say, to declare at this time the remission of sins that are passed. Wow! I said, there it is. I can't ask for any more verses. That is so clear and so precise. And so now I ask him there, in May of 1985, Shrewsbury, England, it, it, it prompted me to ask the Father in Heaven another question I had never asked Him before. It, it, it amazes me that I had never asked Him this, because I ask my Father in Heaven many questions all the time. But what I asked was, Father, what is your definition of what happens to the sinner when I ask you to forgive them when they're not repenting. I know your word when you, in Matthew 27, when you cried with a loud voice and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I know what Jesus did there, but I also know what the chief commanding officer, the centurion there that had overseen the crucifixion, I know what he cried out. He cried out, surely this was the Son of God. And the Word of God says no man, no one can confess that Jesus is the Son of God 
except through the Holy Spirit or the Father reveal it to him. And so what happens in your definition to the sinner when I ask you to forgive them when they're not repenting? I love what he said. He said to me so clearly, spoke to my mind, I didn't hear an audible voice. God can speak to your mind. You have thoughts. You have the enemy speak to your mind. Believe God can speak to your mind. He spoke to me so clearly, and he said, when you ask me to forgive a person's sins by remitting their sins when they're not repenting, I, the Lord God, lift the heavy load of condemnation off of the sinner, giving them a space of time to repent. For he said, you see, the sinner who does not have me as their Savior lives under the heavy load of condemnation 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. But when you ask me to forgive them by remitting their sins, and I lift that off, then ask me to do what Romans 2 verse 4 says, pour my goodness upon them that leads them to repentance. And so by doing this, I discovered something so beautiful. And I began to understand. By then I had faced gangs in big cities in America. I faced a gang in in Fort Worth, Texas one night that was around me, and they were going to beat me up and cut me up. And, uh, And I... I saw who the leader was, because you always know who the leader is. Everybody else watches him to give the signal to jump you. So I turned and looked right in the face of that leader, and silently, I didn't even do it out loud, I silently began to ask God to forgive him of his sins and pour his goodness on him. And the man said to me, what were you doing? And I said, I was praying for you. I was asking Jesus to forgive you. And he said, but I, what are you asking God to forgive me for? I'm not asking for forgiveness. I just told you I'm going to beat you up and cut on you. <laughs> I said, I know, I know. But you know what? Jesus loves you. And he says, hey, man, don't talk to me like that. You give me this funny feeling down here. And he put his hand to his stomach. And I said, I know, that's the Holy Spirit. He said, hey, man, I told you, don't, don't go talking that stuff to me. Pretty soon he's pleading with me. What are you doing to me? And that man gave his heart to the Lord. He had never felt that before. That was the goodness of God that was leading him to repentance. Hallelujah. The goodness of God that was leading him to repentance. That I saw happen right before my face. And I could give many testimonies of that very kind of an incident. Beautiful things happen. And so you see, when you don't take it personally, you take it to the Father. Now, a while ago, I, I mentioned something else. You're walking, and all of a sudden you have evil thoughts. I think we'll probably take a break here in a few minutes. And, and I want to answer that one. I want to I work on that one with you to help you to understand why you have these evil thoughts and how you handle that, okay? 
So please hang on and uh, and don't don't leave us as we take a break here for a few minutes, and we'll be back and uh, we'll uh, praise we'll the answer Lord. Answer that question and some more. If you're just okay. tuning in, it is an honor to bring to you today live Minister Evangelist Henry Groover. He's back fresh from prayer walking around the globe and. Brother Groover, this uh, this broadcast, we have a couple things we would like you to address, and okay. uh, that's going to be, and you, you're covering many of them as we speak. What are your objectives when you prayer walk, and what steps do you need to take to accomplish the mission? And um, I know that you're going to give us some testimony of um, a recent trip you did uh, to yeah. Guatemala, and Maybe you can use that or in some other examples to illustrate when God directs you to go to a particular geographical area. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you actually do when you get on that ground? And uh, okay. what needs to be carried out to, to, to complete the mission of prayer walking? So um, I've got all the time that uh, you need today. Uh, it's an honor to be able to bring <laughs> Brother Henry Groover on. He has a very busy schedule. And uh, when he said he could uh, do today, I said, listen, I'll do a show 24-7 for, for Brother Groover. This information <laughs> is so vital. Uh, we're going to take maybe a five-minute break. And uh, Brother Groover, do you want me to um, uh, stand by? We'll just and you stay can... on the air. Oh, we'll just stay we'll on just the air. On. Well, praise okay. God. Praise I'll God. I'll just wait for that five to be over. I'll go get a drink and be right go, back. Go get a drink, and we'll see you in a minute. Okay. Praise the Lord. I want to welcome people out there tuning in worldwide. Now, Brother Groover is sent on special missions around the globe. Uh, Some of you have heard his testimony in past broadcasts or seen him up on YouTube on other radio programs, and he literally gets into places that others have not been able to gain access to. And God will take him into places on top of mountains, in caves, uh, castles. He'll walk um, places where there was human sacrifice going on, where there was um, witchcraft altars that had been built up, where you know blood sacrifices, horrible sins were being committed, and the land is defiled when these things happen. He gave a testimony, if you're just coming in, of a place God called him to go and prayer walk where people were getting up on a, I guess it was a 27-story apartment complex, and there was a spirit of suicide that was drawing them to jump off. And as this begins to happen, you know, this area is defiled, and many people die and suffer. So God will send him in to break these curses, cleanse the land, and there have been places that... um, He's went to and have been restored, and great things have begun to break out in those areas where nothing could blossom before, where no one could even set foot on some of these mountains and islands because of these deadly vipers that would drop out of the trees even if you approached it with a boat, and they bite you, you're dead. But these things had been able to um, live on this mountain because of um, a samurai castle that was erected there, and the samurais were defiling young boys sodomizing them, chopping them, throwing them into the ocean. And that whole mountain was uh, cursed. Nobody would set foot on it. But uh, God sent Brother Henry Groover in there to prayer walk 
and he cleansed the land, remitted the sins, broke the curses in Jesus' name. And now, for the first time, people could gain access to that and great things begin to happen. Brother Groover, welcome back to the broadcast. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want to give out his website too, henrygroover.com. You can also find him Googling Joyful Sound Ministries. And uh, while you're over there, you can get some updates on what he's doing. You can uh, support his ministry. And you can also order some of his teachings. And I encourage you to, get, to load up on these because this is some of the best stuff you're going to find on this subject. Welcome back, Brother Henry. Hallelujah. Brother, this is so, so awesome tonight. So we left off where uh, God calls you to now to begin to remit the sins back in, I guess it was 1985. And um, mm -hmm. am I understanding correctly that when a sin is committed, you know, there's a curse that is brought and someone has to stand in the gap to break that mm -hmm. cycle of the curse. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Someone has to stand in gap for that. And uh, it, uh, people say, well, well, Jesus paid it all. I mean, I don't have to do anything. Uh, that's uh, kind of an interesting expression, but uh, why did Jesus say that? I mean, those were his first words when he came back from the dead and came into the room there in John chapter 20 to speak to his disciples. Don't you think those would be some of the most important words they could hear after his crucifixion? Yes. And after his resurrection. And that is the, the great commission is in that, and, and how to do it is in that. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. And uh, it, it's just uh, astounding that we, we miss that. I, for years, people could not understand me, and they would be saying to me, what are you, what are you trying to be? Uh, are you running around with your own private little confessional and uh, trying to... Uh, to save the world when they're not even repenting. But you see, the scripture is so clear that when we were dead in trespasses and sins, Jesus Christ died for our sins. He paid the price for our sins. Before we ever come to, were born, he already paid the price. And uh, so... In, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 through 9, it says that we are a royal priesthood, doesn't it? A, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of God, of him who hath redeemed us. Uh, so if, if we are like the priests of the Lord, what was the responsibility of the priests of the Lord to do? Wasn't it to to literally to, to conduct sacrifices for the sins of themselves, first of all, and then sins of others. So uh, that's what the priests of the Old Testament did. And so we don't use the blood of animals anymore, 
and we don't we don't do that kind of work anymore or a wave offering of grains and first ripe fruits and all that so what is it talking about that's the natural isn't it first corinthians 15:46 uh, paul is talking about 45 verses of the natural into the celestial and the terrestrial and all these and then in verse 40, 46, he says, however, that which was first is not spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that which is spiritual. And so we take the natural of the Old Testament. Some people are trying to eliminate the Old Testament. No, you can't. The, old, the New Testament is a commentary and fulfillment of the Old. And the Old is written with the sins and, and the offenses of, of people of God that we might understand where they failed and we might not commit the same trespass, the same violation. And so here we have, uh, we have this different type of conduct that we are to conduct ourselves in now as Christians. Now we're becoming the priests of God and the responsibility of handling sin comes onto our shoulders. Why? Because the reason is, is because we freely received, so we must freely give, right? Because we freely receive forgiveness of the Lord, we must also freely give forgiveness. And so God is wanting us to, to do and to minister in the area of the ministry of reconciliation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he, he says that, he, excuse me, he first reconciled the world unto himself, right? And then he gave or granted to us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay? And uh, that ministry of reconciliation, it says he's given to us the, the word of reconciliation and the ministry of reconciliation. Sorry, it's 2 Corinthians 5. I get first and second mixed up all the time. But uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation and the word of reconciliation. And it says, now then, we are the ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Well, what is an ambassador? An ambassador literally carries with him all of the authority of the leader of the nation he represents. And uh, so it, it, it's, it, it's there. It's just... Uh, well, it is 1 Corinthians 5. I was, you know, sometimes our first guess is always right, generally the closest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But uh, because it says that Jesus Christ first reconciled the world unto himself, and then he gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. And... Uh, Well, I'm not finding it here. I'm between first and second five of Corinthians. But uh, uh, 
in that ministry he gave us, uh, it, it, is, it is what I do. It, it's, it's, it's what I do when I see sin. I don't take it personally. Second, I immediately take it to the Father. Try yeah, Second Corinthians. Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, see that it says to wit, verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So now then we are the ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. And so it's, uh, we are reconcilers. We have been given the word and the ministry of reconciliation. And to me, that's what prayer walking is all about. It is going about to reconcile. Uh, now, uh, the, the actual practice, the actual approach and, and practice of, of uh, prayer walking uh, is how important it is that I said something about not taking any thought personally. And um, that means when, and I said this in the beginning today, that uh, if, you, if you see sin, you hear sin, you sense sin, uh, what do you do with that? In Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5, uh, it talks about the, the Melchizedek priesthood. And uh, it's beginning to talk about the Melchizedek priesthood, and then it's, Paul goes on down to verse 10 here of First Corinthians, uh, sorry, Hebrews 5, verse 10, called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 11, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be understood, seeing you are dull of hearing. For when for the, the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you, again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now, so you're unskillful in the word of righteousness, in, in speaking what is right. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. This is what God uh, began teaching me, as I said before the, the break there. I'm walking along, and all of a sudden I have these horrible, filthy thoughts, and I am battling condemnation, and I'm saying, what is this? I mean, I know I'm in an area of prostitutes and drunkards and, and uh, uh, drug addicts and all this, but what is this? I don't want that kind of life. I, I, I'd rather get out of here. I mean, there's a danger of being here. If I'm going to entertain those thoughts, I'm certainly not going to be in victory. I'm going to fall into sin. And I was wrestling with that. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, don't take it personally. And I said, well, what do you mean, Lord? He said, 
from one step to the next, such as you can take one step and walk out of this, the county line in one county or shire or wherever you are, one territory or one state to the next by crossing a border. If we go from the United States to Canada, we take and we cross and they say, welcome to Canada or welcome back to the United States of America. You have gone into a whole new territory. You are in a whole new jurisdiction and uh, you're under a whole new set of laws and a whole new uh, response and environment according to how they handle those laws and the immorality or the offenses. And so you're in a whole different territory. Now that's what this is talking about here, not having your senses exercised to discern both good and evil. From one step to the next, you can step into the territory of where innocent blood has flowed into the ground. Example, can you out there think of a place where there's an intersection where, where cars are coming through at traffic lights or stop signs all time, all, all day, many hours a day, much traffic, and there are many accidents in that? You say, well, that's because it's heavy traffic. If there are many accidents repeatedly, repeatedly happening, it is because there is innocent blood in that ground, and it may go all the way back to when that road was nothing but a trail, a footpath, and robbers came and beat people to death or molested them and, and stole from them. When that blood flows into the ground, it literally creates an environment, a place for Satan to come and set up a stronghold. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 10, God is asking Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? And Cain is answering, how am I to know? Am I my brother's keeper? Well, that, that's what we call a little white lie. It really isn't a little white lie, is it? It's evading the truth. In the King James translation, there's a word used. Uh, it's called leasing. Uh, leasing is different in the English here. We lease property, we lease out equipment and things like that. But that isn't what this word leasing means in the Greek. This word means speaking that which becomes a lie, taking something and turning it to where it becomes a lie, but you're doing it very cunningly, very craftily to where it doesn't sound like a lie. That's why we call them little white lies. Well, God said to, to Cain, he said, the voice of your brother's blood cries to me from the ground. That's Romans, I mean, Genesis 4, verse 10. So you see, the life of all flesh is in the blood. That's in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 10. The life of all flesh is in the blood. In Leviticus 18, 25, and 27, 28, and 30, it strictly forbids the eating of blood because the life is in the blood. And it solemnly warns that if you do this, the land will literally vomit you out. So you will lose your land. You'll lose your nation. You'll lose your country. And in witchcraft, people take covenants by drinking the animal blood first and then human blood. 
and that's generally a covenant they make with a black witch. That's strictly forbidden of the Lord, but of course that's their servants of Satan. So he does everything in rebellion. But uh, in Acts chapter 15, verses 19, 20, and 28, verse 28, it's forbidden to eat blood or things meat that has been strangled. So it still has the blood in it. So you see, it's not only an Old Testament forbidding in law, it's a New Testament too. And in Acts, they come down to just four things that are forbidden. And, and otherwise, they said, we have no other doctrine that is of greatest importance. So uh, think about that. Now, uh, another thing that can defile the land, what can also defile the land? Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 21, uh, verses 22 and 23, it says, if you hang a person, you must not leave them hanging there overnight. That's why Joseph of Arimathea came and asked for the body of Jesus. Even though it says in there in that verse, cursed is he that hangs upon a tree. And so Jesus became a curse for us, didn't he? But now in Deuteronomy chapter 21 also, uh, verses 1 through 8, it tells if you find, if someone finds a person slain, then you are to go to the city and record this, and the elders will come out, they will do their investigation. But then the priests must come out. And when the priests come out, it's very clear there in Deuteronomy, chapter 2. Uh, 21, verse 22 and 23, uh, verse 8 especially, and by their, uh, by their mouth, by the words that they speak, shall every stroke be tried. In other words, the priests of God have the final word regarding this judgment and calling on the Lord to forgive that sin off of the nearest city or off of the city where this is found. So in prayer walking, you will come into areas where there have been a lot of sin committed, and your senses will begin to pick that up. That's your discernment. People ask me a lot of times, would you, would you pray for me for discernment, Henry? I want more discernment. And I say to them, well, you have five discernments. How many more do you need? And they'll look at me and with a quizzical look and say, well, I can't name one. And I'll say to them, do you see me? Well, well, of course I see you. I'm not blind. Do you hear me? Well, yeah, I hear you. But what does that have to do with discernment? Well, see, the voice of Abel's blood cried to the Lord from the ground. So God heard it. And, of course, God knew what Cain had done. And as he always does, he pleads with him. He wants us to confess. He cried, Adam and Eve, where are you? When they ran and hid. And uh, they said, well, we heard your voice and we were afraid because we were naked. Well, who told you you were naked? See, they lost their glorious covering. And, but the Lord didn't, when he found them, he didn't say, aha, I caught you. 
and speak judgment on them. That's the beauty of our God in Christianity. We don't condemn one another when we catch them in sin. That's why Jesus, uh, when they, they brought the, the woman to Jesus that was caught in the very act of adultery, and according to the law, she should be stoned. Jesus reached down and wrote in the sand, and he said, you that are without sin may cast the first stone. Every one of those men that were so quick to stone her were in a place where that when the light and the glory of God came in, they were found out, and uh, they couldn't carry it out. And all of a sudden, Jesus is saying to the woman, where are your accusers? She says, I, I have none. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. So we have these principles. Now, uh, when innocent blood stays in the ground, it brings forth a curse or it allows an operational center of Satan to begin to function. And this is where we begin to get into deeper realms of what we call spiritual warfare. Now we know in 1 John chapter 5, verse 5 through 9, it says that there are three that bear record on the earth, and that's the spirit, the water, and the blood. And so these three agree in one with the word of God that is in heaven. And so here we have examples. Now in this, this uh, Deuteronomy chapter uh, 21, verses 22 and 23, uh, it talks about hanging and that you're not to leave the victim on that cross or hanging overnight when I walked and prayed London, England, I, I went into, I found, I come across the, the Dungeon of London Museum. The Dungeon of London. It's over across from the Tower of London across the Thames River. Uh, and you cross the Tower Bridge and you'll come to a Y and you make a right and you go down a ways and it's on the left. And it warns you, we do not refund your fee for coming into this museum because it's, it's real-life torture-type examples with wax figures and all, but it looks really real and, real, and the sounds and the screams and the cries are horrifying. But in that museum, they had a big cages, like bird cages, that they put people in back in this time of the earlier century, last century. And uh, they put the people in there, that are that are uh, sentenced to death. And when they died in that cage, they didn't take their bodies out. But they let their bodies deteriorate, and the deterioration of their body fell down on the sidewalks and on the street. And the rats got a hold of it and began eating it. And then the plague broke out, the bubonic plague. And millions, uh, thousands and thousands of people died, and there were many, many, many orphans running the city of London. It was a very sad time and very sad situation. Uh, what caused that? They violated this very verse. 
They, they caused people to stay in that cage day and night till they died. When they died, they let their bodies deteriorate. Oh, Lamb of God. And it brought such defilement on the land that caused the plague. And uh, as a little boy, I remember in grade school, kindergarten, we used to sing, ring around the roses, pocket full of poses. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, I didn't realize that was a song about the bubonic plague that hit London and how thousands died. And every morning they would collect the, the, the bodies and put them in piles. And school children had to walk by that. And so they gave them flowers, a pocket full of posies. They gave them flowers to carry and when you get where the bodies are, smell the flowers, put them to your nose so that you don't smell the stench of the bodies. And when they came home from school that day, the bodies had been burned because they were having to burn their bodies because of the plague. And so God had a, a judgment on them for their violation. And so God watches over his word, we know, to perform it. And he's very concerned that we do honor him. Amen? So, some of these principles, uh, some of these different principles of prayer walking, uh, <clears throat> uh, how, how, how am I seeing these things work? Uh, I've been working uh, Okinawa now for almost 20 years, for 18 years. I've been working other islands of Japan for 20 years. And uh, we're seeing tremendous changes take place, just beautiful changes. And I was giving many testimonies uh, in, in Taiwan last September uh, about Okinawa and the transformations where there's city parks where there used to be seven, eight shaman altars. There's city parks in like in Kin Village, Okinawa. Uh, there were nightclubs and brothels there. There was a a big uh, nightclub there that had the wall painted black. You may be a former Marine that was stationed there at Hanson Marine Base in uh, Okinawa, and you may remember that nightclub down in the center of all the nightclubs and brothels. And the wall was painted black, and it had yellow and red rainbow light going up on the wall. The whole wall was of a big yellow and red rainbow and in that yellow and red rainbow, it said, music right out of hell. And when I saw that, such indignation came over me that I went and laid hands on that rainbow and that words of music right out of hell and renounced it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and remitted the sins of those that own that facility and those that are operating it, and those that are frequenting and, and going in and buying their services, asking the Lord to shut that wicked, filthy place down, and other places like that around that city, we did. Then we walked and prayed also the city hall, and we asked the Lord to minister and move in the city hall with the city government. And... Uh, after we finished that, I went back the next year, and that uh, that big music right out of hell nightclub 
it, it was a dry cleaning place, and it was all painted white. Amazing. And many of the nightclubs had shut down. And what had happened was the, the city council uh, of Ken Village said, we're tired of, of Ken Village. Ken in Japanese means gold. It's a word for gold, gold village. Uh, we're tired of our gold village being used as the brothel of Okinawa. And so we're going to go in and we're going we're to shut down the liquor license and condemn these places and we're going to buy them up and do a transformation here. And that's literally what they did. They went in in that next year after we had prayed that and had bound that in the name of Jesus. They went in and, and stopped the license for liquor and the dancing and all these things and the places just began to leave right and left and uh, come back a year later and here was a beautiful new city park uh, where all those buildings were. They went in with bulldozers, blitzed them out, and made a city park right in the heart of it. Uh, those kind of things happened. Uh, I was, uh, the first year I went to Okinawa, we went and prayed a curve in the road uh, that had chuck holes. Uh, the road was not good pavement, and it had so much trash and garbage all along the road, in that curve especially. And such indignation came over me, and I was walking back and forth on that curve, praying and renouncing and remitting the sins as far back as needs be to the very first thought, word, deed, or gesture. Now, we, we, we finished the previous session saying, like a path or a trail, uh, where murders and molestations and, and, had taken place. And that now could be an intersection in modern days. Therefore, the enemy is still operating. He has an operational center until we take it away from him. And so in the name of Jesus, which is our authority, through the power of the shed blood of Jesus for the remission of sins that are as far back, and I always pray it this way, as many generations as needs be, to the very first thought, word, deed, or gesture. That's how far back I pray. I remit those sins. And I release the goodness of the Lord over this area. I remit the sins of those that have been committing these acts that are alive and come here to do it. And I release your goodness upon them that releases and hopefully leads them to repentance. And so by doing that, you have cut off the power of the enemy from that area, and you are releasing, the, according to Matthew 9, 37, pray ye therefore the, the, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And that's, that's a powerful statement. Now, if, if there has been murder and, and innocent blood shed, you also, the Lord taught me, not only to declare the name of Jesus with your authority and the blood for the remission of sins, but the body of Jesus, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may say, well, now you're losing me. I don't get where you're, you're coming from in that. 
but you think about it. What are all of the attributes in which Jesus suffered? In the garden, he suffered so terribly that it, Scripture says he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. So you see, he suffered in his mind beyond recognition. And so, therefore, by declaring the blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord, you are providing the entire sacrifice for redeeming back or reconciling that land back. That is of utmost importance. Okay? So think about that now. When you're remitting the sins that are past, Romans 3.25 and 26, I quoted that to you earlier, Verse 26 says, And again I say, to declare at this time the remission of sins that are past. Now I'm quoting to you out of King James' translation. Uh, that's been my translation since I was a child. and My favorite, too. I think I have several translations on the shelf just a little ways here on the library but uh, from me. But I rarely go to those other translations. Um, I'll take my Strong's Exhaustive Concordance and look up words if I don't know what they mean, and that gives me a tremendous understanding of the Scriptures. So, get that now. When you come, let, all right, let me give you another example. Let's say in your city there, in your city, uh, there's a convenience store, and there's been a murder there, and it's on the news. What is your responsibility in that to walk and to pray that? How do you handle that? What do you do? Now remember, your position in the Lord, you are a royal priesthood, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, a holy name, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of God. The praises of God is the pleasure of God, isn't it? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. Right? And so... That's what you do. You, you, you go to that area and you find where that person died and you, you provide a payment for the transgressor. That's why it says we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Why he has given to us the ministry and the word of reconciliation. That's why I gave to you the scripture in the Old Testament, that by the priests of the Lord, by every word and every stroke, will be answered by the priests. And so as the New Testament priests, you go out to that area and you declare the blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord for the remission of sins that are past and ask the Lord to cleanse that and forgive it and I'll tell you what, you will break down strongholds. I do that in intersections where there are accidents, frequent accidents, injuries, and deaths. We go and we walk all, all the crosswalks of that intersection, and we declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ the blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord over that area for the remission of the sins that are past. And we declare life over that intersection, life over that intersection from this time forward, life 
And believe it or not, the accidents stop happening. In my prayer walking book, I have a, a, a book, a, a chapter titled The Killer Intersection. And it literally tells how God taught me that on that intersection. And I begin realizing the power and the authority we have. So it's, it's hard for me to just sit in one place and trust that God's going to bring people to me. I want to go to them and minister. I want to go to them and be used of the Lord. Okay? We're live so right now, now. There's another area. Uh, let's say, let's, let's go to Gates. Let's go to Gates. Uh, Jesus said that you break every yoke, all right? Uh, we know in, in biblical times of the Old Testament, there were gates. And these gates are the strongholds, right? And we are to take the gates. We are to possess the cities. And so the gates can be religious centers. They can be political centers. They can be corporate centers. They can be train stations, bus stations, uh, boat harbors, and airports. These are all types of gates that you and I deal with. And so therefore, we are to go and to take the gates. How do you do that? Psalms chapter 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and all that dwell therein. And so if the earth is the Lord's and all that dwell therein, then verses 7, 8, and 9, when you come to a gate, you make this declaration. Open up, you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord God, mighty in battle, is what the enemy answers. Who is this Lord King of glory? The Lord God, strong in battle. He is the King of glory. And so we say it again, open up you gates and be lifted up you everlasting doors of heaven and the king of glory will come in. And when you do that, you then say, was well, a gatekeeper or the guardians of the gate, these strongholds all have spirit guardians. In Japan, they have giant carved out wooden men that hold spears as you're going in and Things like that. And, and it, so you see it, uh, what it comes down to is that, uh, the, sorry, here I'm still kind of suffering a little bit from jet lag and I never realize it as I, I get relaxed and I begin to talk, my mind wants to kind of shut down on me. Uh, You're doing you great. Three months overseas. Uh, so brother. About, uh, what, two o'clock in the morning to me now or something <laughs> like that? Yeah. If you're just tuning in tonight, we're live but, with uh, uh, Henry Gruber. <laughs> My mind doesn't isn't as sharp as when I first started talking. But uh, you take back the gates, that you take the gates. So you declare over those gates, open up your gates and be lifted up your everlasting doors. And the king of glory will come in. So you see, I'm not going into those strongholds where those gates are unless I go in with the king of glory, the Lord God of hosts or the Lord of armies, and we are members of his army, of his flesh, and of his bones. 
And so that is something that we have the authority to do. And as we do that, tremendous changes take place in those strongholds. And that's what we've been doing for many years in many parts of the world. Praying against these stronghold gates of wickedness and corruption and vileness. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 3, I think it is, it says, First of all, supplications, prayers, and intercessions be made for all men in authority. Right? And so, what is all men in authority? So, when you start prayer walking, I think it's good if you would go and prayer walk the police station the city hall, pray those areas, the fire departments, those kind of installations. Uh, Perhaps the National Guard Armory, walk around that and pray that for protection for the military and any any national base that's important to to walk and pray. And... uh, That's why the scripture says, first of all, supplications, prayers, and intercessions with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, be made for all that are in authority. So I guess I have to ask you, how much thanksgiving have you given today for those that are in authority over your nation? Uh, With thanksgiving, how much have you prayed for them? And uh, so prayer walking, I think it's important. I I, I will go to police stations and we'll tell them what we're going to do. We have a group of Amish people up in the up in the uh, Pennsylvania Dutch area there around Ephraim, uh, precious Amish people that have really gotten on fire for God about prayer walking, and uh, their connection is some of the Amish that had their school children killed by that man and molested, and uh, so they got a hold of my prayer walking book. And they went and prayed over the land. They burned the schoolhouse down because it was defiled, they said. And uh, then they walked and prayed it to redeem the land back from the curse. And in Leviticus, it says, In all the land of your possession, you shall grant a redemption for the land. Okay? And so, therefore, we have a responsibility. I think that's about Leviticus chapter 25, verses 23 and 24. Uh, In all the land of your possession, you shall grant a redemption for the land. Well, what is the redemption? I'm giving it to you. The blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord. Many, many places I go to across the islands of Japan, uh, people that had become Christians that were Buddhists and Shinto and shaman, they will come to me and say, well, I, I have this happening and this happening. It's like the curse is on me. I don't understand. And I'll say, well, let's go walk and pray your land. Well, then I find out that they had a shrine on their land and that they burned incense and they they called on the name of their gods on their land. They may have a a, a an altar in their house that is for ancestor worship, all the pictures of their ancestors all around them. They burn incense and and pray for their incense. Their ancestors don't... Uh, we can't condemn them for that. That's all they know. But I've asked them when they come to the Lord to put away that, to put that away. 
and uh, not to uh, not to practice that anymore. Well, bless their hearts, uh, many of them do it because you see why why stop praying for your ancestors because we don't worship the God of the dead. We worship the God of the living, don't we? And so our God is the God of the living. So we we put away this worshiping our ancestors and we come to the Lord and allow him to be honored and glorified and then to minister to the living every chance that we get. So it's a big difference, very big difference. Brother Groover, let me take you back okay. to the uh, to the gates. Is there any kind of a, I'm going to switch phones here. I can hardly hear you on this one. Yes, sir. There we go. I think Praise I got the Lord. Right. Let hey, me do a sound check. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you All right. now. If you're just tuning oh. in, we're live with Brother Henry Groover. Brother Groover, we have some questions for you tonight. Okay, good. Okay, let me take you back to the gates for a moment. Um, what happens okay. when you're going up to a place like there's a shrine and there is those gates, those uh, you know, those wooden oh, men yeah. with the swords? Do uh-huh. we need to break the gates somehow? What do you do? Okay, I I walk up and I point at the gates. <laughs> I'll never forget the first time I walk up and pointed at a gate in Japan of a Buddhist temple. Here are the Ishi dogs, or lion dogs, on each side. They're the guardians of the gates, okay? And uh, I'm pointing at the, the, this gate, and I'm saying, open up you gates and be lifted up your everlasting doors, and the king of glory will come in. And all of a sudden, something hits me on the right side of my hip and is pushing me away from the gate, and my team that's with me are watching me, kind of hopping to keep from falling over away from the gate. And I thought, well, that's different. I've never had anything like that happen. So we didn't go into that temple. We didn't pray that one. We kept walking. We came to another Buddhist temple. This was in Osaka, Japan. We came to another Buddhist temple. And here I am, and I start quoting Psalm 24 at the gate again. And all of a sudden, I hear kind of a barking, growling sound like at my right. I turn and look to my right. And the Lord opens my spiritual eyes to see the guardian of the gate coming at me. It's one of these lion dogs, ishi dogs. Wow. And it's coming right at me. And I, instead of pointing at the gate, then I swing around and point right at the lion dog and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And it goes, doo, 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 and it stops, and it's pushing its feet backwards, and it turns around yelping, running away with its tail down. <laughs> and... Uh, I said, that's what hit me in the hip. Okay. So those ishi dogs are lion dogs. One on one side, their mouth is open. On the other side, the mouth is shut. And so if I can, I go, as I go in, I put my hand on the mouth of that ishi dog, or if I can reach a bite, I'll at least touch it. Sometimes they're so big and tall, you can't do that. But I'll point at it, and I'll say, be silent in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed, and he is coming in to take back these gates and these grounds. So I declare that, and we are coming in with the lion of the tribe of Judah. Okay? So, so 
that's what we do over the gate. And then I can go into that gate. Then I can go into those grounds. And I touch each side of the gate. Now remember Abraham's covenant. Every place that the soles of your feet tread upon, I will give it to you. And so foot upon the land is of great importance. It's taking back the land by walking it. There's another reason for prayer walking. Okay? Now, once you uh, get through the gates, um, what's the next step? Do, you, um, do you, you go in and begin then to go down the list and renounce the sin, remit the sin? Every sin that I come upon, every altar, every shrine, every area, I walk around the Buddhist temple first, remitting the sins, and when I close off the circle walking around, declaring the blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord in the name of Jesus, then I close off that circle, stomp my foot, and declare liberty over that land, and declare those spirits to leave, and not to prevail there and bring deception anymore. And then sometimes I'll take my shoes off and go into the temple or the shrine. And uh, I'll pray over those areas, and many times I get an opportunity to talk to the priest or the, or the, Sh- the Shinto priest or the Buddhist uh, priest or, or uh, different, different authorities that are there. Uh, I like to get an opportunity to talk to them. I've, I've prayed with many of them in hundreds of Buddhist temples and Shinto shrines. Uh, it's amazing, you know. They they believe in heaven, they believe in hell, and uh, they believe in the glory of God. That's what that kind of a geodesic eight-sided thing is up there that's bright gold, like a big bird cage with dragons hang, going all eight directions and a chain hanging down, and on that chain are bells and pomegranates, bells and pomegranates. What does that tell you? That's the priestly high priest garment. And so I take those natural things to relate to the priests and ask them questions like I'm interested in learning, and then I tell them, well, I'm a Christian, and my Bible, my book, tells me about the priest this and then tells me about heaven and hell, and then I can testify to them that I've been to heaven. And they open up, their hearts open up, and I've had many, many of them, I've prayed with them, and they've, they've, they've thanked me in tears in their eyes. Now, Brother Groover, okay. by renouncing, remitting, and declaring, does that make mm-hmm. payment for the sin, uh, the defilement that occurred in that area? Yes, we're applying the payment for the transgression, yes. Then when we do that, we declare righteousness, joy, and peace over those grounds and premises. We declare liberty to the captives. We declare opening of the eyes to the blind. We declare the hand of the Lord moving there to, to take over that. Now, I was just in a big Buddhist temple in Taipei, Taiwan, and I've never seen this before. Hundreds of people were on the grounds, and they were singing to Buddha as they were lighting their incense sticks and going into the temple such indignation came over me because I thought, no, no stone god, no god made by men's hands deserve that beautiful of singing. And I had such indignation, and I said, Lord, let me speak Mandarin Chinese, and I'll run in among them like Paul did on Mars Hill, and I'll, I'll say whatever you give me to say. 
just just let me speak their language. And the Lord spoke to me so clear. And he said, no, don't do that. You know why? He said, because the churches here in Taipei are not ready for the great influx of souls that will come in. Wow. The church is not ready. It's not caring, loving enough for the lost. And Paul said, shall I cause them to be birthed or brought forth unto salvation and not brought forth and matured? God forbid. And so if the church, we want revival, but is the church ready for revival? This is what shook the people in Taiwan. And as I said, they went over to Osaka, Okinawa, to check me out. And nine pastors gathered with these three pastors and and gave them testimony after testimony and example after example and places, geographics that had been radically changed. And they came back on fire and said, prayer walking really works. And so we're prayer walking. And I just came from there and they went out after me being there last September and they they put out notices to churches all over Taipei and all around Taipei and many some far away and they asked if they would if they would send a delegation from their church a person one or two from their church to learn prayer walking when Henry comes back and to commit for one year to walk and pray each week with teams and develop teams in your city and around your church. And do you know, when I got there, every morning for five mornings, I taught 30 people for, for two hours, and we walked and prayed for two hours, teaching and, and, and sharing with them and helping them to learn it. And I tell you, they're on fire. It's, it's, it's tremendous. The, 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 what is going on in Taiwan right now. It's just, it's caught fire. And, uh, Brother I Henry, mean, this, this, it's beautiful. Well, I know we're getting down on time. No, this is, this is beautiful. Let me uh, take you from there back over to Guatemala. Tell us uh, oh, where yes, you prayer yes, walked the there and, and how you went about doing it. Pick oh, up there. Oh, my youngest son was with me in those, uh, in those ruins. And you talk about, as we got into the area, I began to get a headache. And when I begin to get a headache, right in the middle of my forehead, I know it's demonic oppression and much, much innocent blood. And it told me that Christians had not effectively prayed over that enough yet. I'm not saying they haven't prayed. And probably their prayers and the intercessions have opened the door for me to go in there. Because I, I wait for direction from the Lord, but we walked many of those pyramids and those grounds that were sacrificial grounds, the housing areas, in and out and around and up on them, every area they would allow us to go. Uh, we climbed and we prayed those areas. And, and when I finished, the headache left. And... Uh, Praying over that, remitting again, the Romans 3, 25 and 26, remitting the sins as far back as needs be to the very first thought, word, deed, or gesture. And asking God to forgive the innocent blood of all the sacrifices, as well as the, the battles that took place, you know, when the, when the uh, uh, 
oh, the, the conqueror came in. I'm trying to think of his Conquistadors name. Conquistadors and uh, the so Conquistadors came in, and they slaughtered men, women, and children, and took their their gold and took their jewels, you know, and uh, brought them back to Spain. And they didn't realize that many of those gold and and jeweled things were idols. And they brought in many idols, and it, 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 it contaminated Spain. I've walked Spain and Portugal, and it contaminated them. England went, and when they conquered countries, they brought back the idols and put them over like, uh, like the courthouses and the temples uh, in Brussels, Belgium. Uh, king, uh, uh, right there, the king's uh, uh, capital, where the king is, the king, uh, the, the castle, just to the right of it, around the edge of it, is St. James Cathedral, Catholic Cathedral. And on the porch, over, over it, above it, in a triangle like of the porch, are all of these Greek, Orthodox Greek mythology gods. What do you want to put those over your entrance for? Sure, they're ornate, they're beautiful, uh, carved out of, out of stone, you know, but marble, beautiful marble. But what do you want those things in for? The, the Word of God says to bust them up. Now, I don't bust things up. I, don't, I, I, I put my foot on dragons, and I put my foot on, on idols and things like that. If I have a team tightly netted around me to where no one of, that worships them can see me do it. I don't go to be offensive. You'll never win a nation or a people by going in offending them. Uh, Paul didn't do it. He just said, men and brethren, I see men and brethren, I see you are all too superstitious, seeing you have an altar here to the unknown God. See, so he didn't go in and knock over those idols on Mars Hill. He went to the one place. He found a place to be able to speak. And so this is what we do when we go into those kind of places. And I, had, I felt such victory when I left there. So you will, God will uh, identify a place for you, like the uh, the pyramids there in Guatemala, where there was human yes. sacrifice and you know mm-hmm. uh, rituals done to the demons. And mm-hmm. from the time you step foot on the grounds, give me a checklist of what a prayer walker would want to do. Okay, okay, we better do that. First of all, ask the Lord to forgive you of any sins in your life, because the Scripture says if if you if you don't confess your sin, you hold sin in your heart, God will not hear you. So you confess your own sins, any sins known or unknown. In my life, forgive me, cleanse me with the precious blood, I pray. And then you put on the armor, the helmet of salvation, that's Ephesians chapter 6, the breastplate of righteousness, your loins girded with truth, your feet shod with the good news of peace, the sword of the Spirit, and the shield of faith. And so you put those on. Always put your armor on. And then you go forward. And again, you only go forward with peace. You only go forward with the Prince of Peace. He's the one that conquered. And so then you go into that area, and you stay sensitive to the Lord and His voice in areas. And every place your feet walk, you may have different thoughts come to you. God can literally direct you to exactly where the sacrifices took place or where a fighting and where an anger, a spirit of anger may come over you and you don't know why you're angry all of a sudden. 
uh, it's because there has been much fighting and anger there. Don't take it personally. Take your thoughts immediately. If they're good, give thanks, give praise to the Lord for the good. There's good things around the Aztecs there. I saw some good things, lovely trees and some nice flowers and uh, some interesting architecture. Uh, I thank the Lord for it. But then these idols and all these images and these carvings that show wickedness, I, I don't, I remit that. So the sin I ask him to forgive, the good things I praise him for. And then after I finish, I like to sing over the area. Just sing a simple little song quietly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because in Isaiah it says, The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing, and the trees of the fields will clap their hands. Well, well, you say, well, that's, that, that probably is going to be the millennial reign or that. Well, I beg your pardon. Deuteronomy 29.29 29 says very clear. It says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children, as many as the Lord our God will call. And so you see the secret things we don't delve into. That's God's business. But the things that are revealed belong to us. So in the scriptures it says the mountains and the hills will break forth into singing. The trees will, will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn will come up all these beautiful plants and everything. And the earth will spring forth and bud. And it will, it will, the fountains of the deep will be opened up and water will flow. I've seen all of these things happen in prayer walking. As we declare the Lord, cleanse the land, and pray over the land, and then declare his blessings upon the land. And uh, so that's how we finish it. And uh, Now, you, it, uh, it works. you've been walking Asia. Tell me about when you prayer walked the DMZ zone in Korea. How did that oh. go down? Mm. Wow. I cried. Um I lifted my hands and I cried and uh, I was praying and I said, Lord, if you tell me, I'll just start walking across that no man's land there, across that that forbidden territory. I want to get into North Korea and if you want to put me in there, I'll do it. And I was praying that way and my interpreter tapped me on the shoulder and he said, Henry, don't 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 pray like that. Please don't do that. Because he said, just two days ago, it was on the news, an 84-year-old woman wanted to see her sister before she died. And he said, she started walking right out there where you're looking. And the North Koreans ordered her to stop and go back. She didn't. And she was trying to plead with them, and they shot her dead. So don't do it. We don't want you to die. Well... I'm praying for the unification of North and South Korea only under proper terms in righteousness. Uh, I believe God wants to unite these people. Uh, I feel sad, very sad, that they've been they've been divided now for 60 years, and uh, so <laughs> they need they need reconciliation. They need to be restored. But uh, God has to do a powerful work first. And he's given me vision concerning Kim Samoon, the 
the leader of North Korea, and I've been praying for his salvation because the Lord is worthy that he should be saved. The Lord is worthy of the reward of his sufferings that not one would perish, but that all would come to life everlasting. No matter how wicked they are, no matter how cruel they are, I have I have led individuals to the Lord that the things they have confessed they have done in their life are so wicked, cruel, and brutal, just totally brutal, unmerciful to men, women, and children. And I have seen God get a hold of their life and totally transform them. So I won't limit the Lord. won't limit the Lord in one area of a nation or a people or an individual. Brother Henry, here's a question from the uh, chat room. Sister Angelica mm-hmm. in Texas tuning in says, Brother Henry, after you have prayer walked in location, mm-hmm. how do you deal with the backlash? Um, is there anything you need to do after you finish? Um, can you oh, expect any re- you, retaliatory attack? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if she's from up in Montana, but I know of some real praying people up in Montana by that name. If it is, God bless you and greetings. Uh uh, yes, thank you for that question, because this is very important, very important, and I, I didn't cover it, and it needs to be covered. Every time after you finish prayer walking, it doesn't matter if you seem to have nothing but a peaceful walk, no incidents occurred or anything. You've got to remember, when you start walking and praying with your armor on, you have declared war against the enemy. And so, therefore, you must you must realize when you come back off the battleground, someone must take care of you and guard for you against counterattacks. And so you always pray and commit to the Lord every place that you've walked, that your feet have tread, every word, every expression, declaration, and petition that you have declared or proclaimed or petitioned before the Lord you commit that back to the Lord into his hands. And then you say, now I enter my rest. I enter my rest. So I ask for protection against counterattacks, that you would keep your holy angels on assignment around me and around those that have prayer walked, that you will watch over us and protect us until we go out walking again. And that's very important because many people take some pretty serious hits because they haven't done that. Okay, very so, yeah. very good question. Amen. Let me mm-hmm, take you to another question. Here's another question. Uh, Jesus talked about the keys of the kingdom, binding and loosing. Do you use binding and loosing at all in prayer walking? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh when I, when I go into those Buddhist temples or into those grounds, I bind, I put my hand on the mouth of the lion dog, I bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be silent, for the lion of the tribe of Judah comes. And I loose, when I walk into those grounds, they have lighthouses. They're of stone, they're of wood, they're of metal. And the lighthouse represents light. And I touch that lighthouse, and I say, I bind you in the name of Jesus that you represent light, but you have no light of your own. So I loose the light of Jesus Christ over you. 
And because Jesus said to them in the triumphal entry, they said, be silent. They tried to tell the people, Jesus, tell the people to be quiet, to stop singing, stop praising you. And he said, if they are silent, the rocks and the mountains will cry out. So I command those lighthouses, those ishi dogs, I command those those areas of stones where they wash their hands and drink the water from the dragon's mouth. After I bound it, I command it to speak forth and be silent no more. But you rocks cry out, cry out. We are not God. We are not representing the true God. The true God is Jesus Christ. And I preach to rocks and stones and trees and places where people worship them and bow to them because in in many religions they worship nature. And so I bind that spirit of deception off of that animal or off of that tree or that plant and I loose the truth to be manifest through them in the name of Jesus. Now, Brother brother Groover, you've been in Asia for some time. Uh, Where do you spend most of your time? Do you spend it in Japan? Do you travel in between that and Taiwan? It's been Japan predominantly. Uh, Just now, I mean, I've been doing about six years Korea, South Korea. I've been working South Korea quite heavily. And prayer walking is, uh, excuse me, prayer walking is breaking loose pretty good in South Korea. So in Japan, um, what's what is the status right now uh, regarding Fukushima? You know, it's been a couple of years now. You've been on the ground there. Um, yeah. What's going on? Any idea? Many, many people are moving out of that area and the region of the Fukushima prefecture. Prefecture is a state in uh, Japan. We call them states here. Uh, because the... I w- when I was just in Taiwan, it was in the newspaper that uh, they had been buying fruits and meat from uh, from Japan, <clears throat> and it was supposed to be good, but the Department of Agriculture put a Geiger counter on it and found it was radiated and is very upset with Japan over this. Uh, Russia did the same thing when I was walking England after Chernobyl. Uh, they, there were massive, large displays in the big supermarkets of food, cheeses, and milk, and, and products, and fruits from Russia. And one of the heads of the Department of Agriculture, Health, and, and uh, Welfare, whatever, did that, put a, a meter on it, and found it was radiated food. And uh, this was back uh, when Prime Minister Thatcher was Prime Minister, and she was irate. She said, we have been sharing with you and giving to you uh, our, our cheeses and giving to you butter and, and meats and things, you know, because to help feed the people. And, uh, and then you do this. Why would you do this to us? Well, see, it, it isn't always just the government doing that. They're not watchdogging it well enough. Many people that live in the area of the Daiichi power plant and all that, uh, they they are told that it isn't hurting them. The radiation isn't that high. Now, I was with them uh, after the Daiichi. Daiichi means first. So Daiichi was the first nuclear power plant in Japan. And uh, I was about 10, 12 miles from that power plant along the, the coast, 
and uh, with a team of 21, and we were we were ministering to the people food and drinks and clothing and diapers and things for the babies and all, and uh, just loving on them and 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 ministering to them that way. And uh, the director came to me and said, the, the, our meters are pegging the radiation. The winds have changed, and we're getting radiation from the plant. We've got to get our things together quick and get out of here. And I said, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Get them all together, yes. Collect everybody, get them together. And we walked around them. I walked around them rebuking the radiation, commanding it to go back into those reactors and not to hurt any of the people or of our team or staff. In the name of Jesus. Now, we had people witnessing those meters. We had three meters there. Different ones had meters in their hands. They all saw all three meters go down to zero radiation. And we stayed there for hours after that. Now, the saints can go into these places and do it. They did it over in Chernobyl. And uh, they literally put, put Christians in the area of Chernobyl in little tents. And they ate from the food and, and all that was there. And when they came back, they expected them all to be dead. They were not dead. They were healthy. They're still living because they took dominion over that radiation and trusted the Lord to be their shield and their protection. So this is something that we as Christians must begin to do. We've been rebuking tornadoes here in Iowa for years and across America. I've rebuked uh, earthquakes two times. Uh, both times I was in the earthquake and rebuked it and commanded stop shaking and it stopped. I believe that we are we have far more authority than what we are we are manifesting. You know, we have far more authority than what we are allowing God to manifest through us, and uh, the authority that He has given to us must begin to come alive and begin to manifest through us because until we do we're not utilizing fully what jesus purchased and gave to us authority he said i give you all power and uh, he says nothing shall by any means hurt you nothing shall by any means hurt you so i think about these things you know and uh i think about uh this this kind of natural disasters that are occurring. Uh, we know that when the angels of the Lord and powerful angels come down from heaven, there's earthquakes and there's the earth goes into convulsions. We know that. It, it's very well recorded in Revelation and in scriptures. But uh, we, we, we know all of those, but are we, are we looking at the scriptures I'm not prepared in my scriptures for this, but uh, uh, are we prepared to use the authority that God has given to us? Uh, such as an example here in Isaiah 29. You got me in a brother. This is in a, uh, an, an interesting subject here that I I, uh, I believe in with all my heart. Yes. Isaiah 29 verse 6: Thou shalt be visited of the Lord of hosts with thunder, with earthquake, with great noise, with storm and tempest, and flame of devouring fire. Think about that. Wow. Glory to God. 
Look at verse 7. It's a new paragraph, but it says, And the multitude of all the nations that fight against Ariel, Ariel means the lion of God in the Hebrew, even all that fight against her and her munitions, uh, and that distress her shall be as a dream of a night vision. Wow. It shall even be as when an hungry man dreams, and behold, he eateth, but he wakes, and his soul is empty, or as when a thirsty man dreameth that he drinks, and behold, he wakes up, and he's still thirsty. So you see, we have this kind of authority. We have this kind of power from God. Uh, in Revelation 13:6, we we're looking at one of the most serious times in history, aren't we? And uh, in looking at that, uh, what it looks like everything is is done for. It looks like we're headed for annihilation, you know. And uh, but but what does it say here about it? It says in he opened his mouth, that one with the blasphemy and all that and everything, and the waters came out and all this wicked stuff. But in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. Uh, I see these people that are being beheaded now by ISIS, and uh, it distresses my soul because you know brother davis that i've had knife at my throat many times i've had guns at my head and each time that that's happened to me i have remitted their sins i have asked god to forgive them and uh and god has always honored that and uh I, i to this day haven't been cut or i haven't uh i haven't uh been shot, and and I, it's a miracle. I I've faced guns and knives many times. I felt them at my throat, uh, but I I show mercy. You know that's part of the beatitudes of Matthew five. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And one minister said to me one time, I don't believe your testimonies. I mean, no man can experience the things that you say you've experienced in these years of prayer walking and still be alive. And I just say to them, well, you know, you're right. You're right. I'm not alive. I'm dead. And my life is hid with God in Christ. Oh, come on. Now, that isn't what I'm talking about. Well, it is what I'm talking about. You can't kill a dead man. And my life is hidden with God in Christ. And I am not going to give my life for anybody unless it's for the testimony of Jesus Christ then I will give it. I will gladly let them take my life if Jesus gives it back for me to, for them to take. That's Colossians 3, verse 3. For you are dead, and your life is hidden with God in Christ Jesus. Do you think God knows how to hide something? I'll tell you what, if he doesn't know how to hide it, you better, you better not ever think you can hide anything. Brother Henry, would it be a correct statement to say that... Um for those that are in fear, uh, nothing can touch us unless God allows it. Absolutely. So even in those dangerous situations you've been in, you were given the choice. You can re- retain or remit that sin. And as they had the knife to your throat, you were praying, 
allowed, Lord, I forgive them. I forgive That's them. That's right. That's right. Could that be a key Last, to uh, to staying alive in these situations? Absolutely. Last September, I, I was in Malaysia. Malaysia, they've been beheading people, too. It, it doesn't have the news as much as uh, the ISIS, you know, where they are or in the Middle East. But they're doing the same thing. They're, they're beheading, they're abducting people and uh, torturing them, trying to get them to convert to Islam. And... Uh, there's a danger in Malaysia, and I knew that when I went there. And uh, I came back from, from out ministering to my hotel, which was a all-Muslim run. And uh, as I walked into the lobby, there were eight Muslim men there in the lobby. And when I walked in, the one elbowed the other one, and they all turned and looked right at me. I mean, they all, for every single one of them, all eight of them, turned and looked on me, right at me. And they headed for the elevator that I would take going up to the 11th floor of my room. And this feeling came over me, this feeling that I've had many times when I've been surrounded and in danger. And now I have a choice. You have a choice at a time like that. Uh, your choice is, are you going to turn and go back out of the hotel and <laughs> jump in the taxi and leave? <laughs> or are you going to continue and trust the Lord to protect you? I, I wanted to trust the Lord to protect me, so I continued to walk toward them. They went heading for my elevator that I would go up in. They went into the elevator, but they didn't push a floor. Now, I, I could have before the I could have pushed open the door and get out, maybe try to get out, but I didn't. I just began to pray. I pushed, said, "Excuse me." I pushed number eleven, and as we were heading up toward the eleventh floor. They were all around me, and I just did a full 360, looking each one of them in the eye with a smile, remitting their sins silently, not out loud, asking the Lord to forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And when I come to the 11th floor, they stepped aside, and out I went. And I headed out, and it's a terraced hotel where you can look down in the lobby. And I went around the edge where I could watch where they come out of the elevator in that area, they came out of the elevator and went out of the hotel, all eight of them. Now, why did they go up with me to the 11th floor? Why did they elbow and why were they focused on me? See what I mean? Yes. And go to the 11th floor and then go back down. So, you say, well, that could have been angels protecting you. No, I know, I know the presence of angels, and I know the presence of violent, violent and wicked men, and I know their spirit, and believe me, their spirit was not there for peace. They didn't come for peace. But I looked at each one of them in the face, silently remitting their sins, asking the Lord to forgive them and pour his love and his goodness upon them. By the time we hit the 11th floor, I had made a full 360, making eye contact with all 11 of them, just claiming that remittance in Jesus' name. You know, and Brother, I Brother think Henry. Found them. I think they'd never, I don't think they ever really felt the love of God before. And it just, the love of, there's no law against love. See, and their, their law is Islam. And when you react with tremendous love, and I had just come from ministering tremendous love, and uh, I was fully anointed. So they, they couldn't touch me. Brother Henry, it I'm going to take you. Time. 
it wasn't your time. I want to take you from there to an international flight, and you find yourself seated with about, what was it, half a dozen Muslim men? <laughs> Istanbul, Turkey to New York. Tell me about that. I had been walking Istanbul and uh, got on the plane there to fly to New York, and all of these Muslim young men and women were around me that were students coming to America for school. And uh, my seat was right in the middle. I had two to the right of me, two to the left of me. I was in the middle of the five seats of that, that big jet, 767. And uh, <laughs> I don't like that seat, but I, I realized I was surrounded by Muslims. And uh, so I said to the young man to my right, and I said, excuse me, I said, uh, would you mind agreeing with me for a word of prayer? For a safe flight and he just kind of looked at me and didn't say anything and the, someone looked back at me the people up front kind of looked back at me and so I just started praying and <clears throat> he said you Christian and I said yeah he says well he said we don't like Christians and I said I know I know but we love you <laughs> he, he looked at me so strange. <laughs> what kind of guy are you, you know? And uh, <clears throat> I said, Christians love you people. And uh, I said, uh, do you know what it means to be a Christian? Do you know what a Christian means? And he said, no. And I said, so I started answering him. It means to be like Jesus. And you people in the Quran, in your book, you believe in Jesus don't you? Well, yes, he's a great prophet. I said, I know. But I said, in my book, he's more than a prophet. And I began to just share all about the, the virgin birth and, and the life that he lived and the things that he performed and the death and the burial and the resurrection and that he's coming again. And he had never heard most of that. And next thing I know, as I'm sharing this, the students in the seat in front of me turn around on their knees in the seats and they're listening to me. <clears throat> and I had a complete congregation all the way from Istanbul to New York uh, of, of Muslims. And so I asked them if they'd like to accept Jesus as their Savior. And they accepted. Twelve of them gave their hearts to the Lord. Amazing. And I got their names and their, their address of the schools that they would be attending, and we sent them Bibles and encouraged them to follow through with Jesus and read the Bible and start with the book of John and the New Testament. I showed them where to do and, and wrote to them, each one, instructing where to begin. And so, you see, the, the power of the gospel is, is unlimited if we will operate in it and manifest in it. Uh, we just can't be afraid of our life every minute. I, uh, you know, Brother I, Henry, truly the word says, the angel of the Lord encampeth about the righteous. Absolutely. Um, in, any absolutely. Of these, in any of these situations, did you have to carry a, a sidearm or a gun to protect your I've life? I've never carried a gun, a knife any kind of weapon to defend myself. No. Never, because never, never. 
if the Lord be for you, who can be against you? Would that be a true statement? Amen. Amen. I've seen my bodyguards. I've seen my guardian angels. I want to tell you something, brother. Davis, I wouldn't want to fight with them. <laughs> Look, <laughs> one killed 180,000 men in olden That's times. Right. <laughs> and we think that we need uh, some extra protection. If we're living for the oh, Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Um, we just have just a few more questions for you. I want to take you back to Japan for a moment. I've mm-hmm. been told that there's a place called the EC Grand Shrine. They call it the most holy shrine in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's forbidden for people to go inside. Have you ever prayer walked the EC Grand Shrine, that uh, Shinto mm-hmm. temple? Really? Yeah, I've been inside it, outside it, all oh, around wow. it. Do you know on the grounds of that, it's beautiful. I mean, everything's overlaid with gold. It is it is beautiful. The artwork is beautiful. It's where uh, where they originated the three monkeys, you know, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Okay. You ever seen the little sure. the little the little trinkets that are three monkeys? One I didn't know where they came hands from. Hands to his eyes, one to his ears, one to his mouth. Right. Uh, that that was originated there. But what else is originated there is a is a pillar. It's a copper pillar. Uh, if I stretch my arms out, I can reach about halfway around it, okay? That's how big around it is. I got pretty long arms. And uh, it, it says there on the little sign that it tells the story of mankind and civilization. Guess where it begins down in the bottom? Where? It begins with a boat with eight people in it. Amazing. Noah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took pictures of it. It's just amazing. I mean, there there it is, right there, the Bible. Right there, Genesis. When, <laughs> Chapter 6. <laughs> when you went into that temple, did you see, um, uh, is it pretty much off limits for most people to walk through? Uh, no, uh, you take your shoes off and you can go in. I don't clap my hands and bow to the Buddhas and all the idols there. Uh, I just go in and just walk around where other people are walking around. I don't go back in where only the priest minister or anything like that. Uh, I've gone into many of them, like they have a hell room and they have a heaven room. Uh, and that gives me an opportunity to witness. And uh, So could you actually... Could you prayer walk with other people there, and um, do you have to speak it loud, or can you? Uh, a lot of times I just speak it silently. Silently. I just speak it silently. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, here's yeah, another question. Have you okay. had an opportunity to prayer walk the Temple Mount in Israel? Israel, the Temple Mount. Yes, I did. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, uh, I took my shoes off, wanted to go in, but they, they stopped me. They wouldn't let me go in. Uh, they said it was uh, something something going on, and they didn't want me in there. So I said, okay, and walked around it. <laughs> and prayed God. around it and uh, found that spirit of deception that's on them and uh, the lies, you know, the lying spirit that says that's where Ishmael was, uh, the rock in the middle there is, is where Ishmael was sacrificed or to be sacrificed. It's not true. It's where Isaac was to be sacrificed. But, uh, <laughs> well, praise uh, God. Yeah. 
You went, uh, you went and did that. Now, here's something else. Many people are saying, Brother Henry, I'm having trouble sleeping at night. I'm being tormented. But the word says that um, we're supposed to have sweet sleep. Now, you told a testimony one time of where literally um, you were in a bed bug infested hotel and you literally got into that bed and God closed the mouths of those bed bugs. What would you tell people? Yeah. <laughs> I was walking the border of Turkey and Iraq after Desert Storm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Associated Press uh, newsman, his first foreign assignment, <laughs> latched onto me in Ankara, the capital city, and uh, asked if he could go with me because he needed a story. And uh, he says, man, I'm scared in this country. He says, these people will kill you, you know. He was a Catholic man, and uh, he's afraid for his life. And uh, so I said, sure, you can stay with me. And I called him Thunder because he, he didn't know how to whisper. He talked so loud. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we were way up, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the town now, uh, way up on the border of Turkey and Iraq, in Iraq. I mean, in Turkey, and uh, uh, we went into this hotel just at sundown, and uh, we walked up to the desk, and and the man behind the desk come running around from behind the desk, and and grabbed my arm and said, "Come with me, come with me," and and I I'm kind of trying to run with him. He runs upstairs, and the Associated Press man come running up with us too, and. And we got up on the landing, and he said, uh, now, what do you want? And, and I said, well, we, we want a room for the night. What's the problem? He said, never come into my hotel this time of day. You come earlier, but not this time of day. He said, they see you American. They shoot right through my windows. They break my windows, and they kill you. <laughs> oh, boy. And so... So I thought, well, your window's worth, worth a whole lot more than me. I can tell that right now. And uh, so he said, okay, here's, I have two, I have one room. One room I will let you have. He showed us the, the, the toilet and the shower. The toilet was a, 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 a contoured, sunken down shower stall with a, a hole about the size around of about a, a, a half a gallon coffee can and that's the toilet and the shower head was up above it and it was so green with slime and all that you'd slip and fall in the hole there was no grate over the hole flies and mosquitoes were coming out of there like a beehive and god have mercy (laughs) we, we both looked at one another and said i'm not using the toilet tonight and i'm not using the shower tomorrow or any time here and uh, he took us into our room, and he took us over to one side, and he, he went over and he said, now, he said, you see my shadow of my hand go on the curtain here? Yeah. He said, if the shadow of your body go on that curtain, they will shoot through my window and break my window to kill you. So do not let your shadow be on the curtain. You understand? I, I rent room if you do not let your shadow be on curtain, and you cannot come down till after sun comes up. You understand? Yes, we understand. So, okay, that'll be so much. So I paid him. And uh, here's a, a little single bed on each side of the room with a couple chairs at the foot of each bed. 
And so I put my backpack on the bed, and I had been praying for three nights solid all night long. I hadn't had any sleep for three days and three nights. We had been walking and praying. The Lord told me to just keep walking and praying and don't don't sleep at night. I'd pray all night, and he'd be over there snoring away, you know, and, uh, and snoring away <laughs> so loudly. And uh, the fourth night, the Lord said, you can sleep. And so I'm just telling Thunder that I called him Thunder. I'm just telling him, well, you take the night watch tonight because I'm going to sleep. Uh, I'm exhausted. I could sleep on a stump in a rainstorm. And uh, and so I I just pulled the rags and the covers back to get in, you know, to go in, in the bed. I had undressed down to my undershorts. And, and uh, I pulled the rags and all back to crawl into the bed and the and the bed the, the pillow is like a bag of sand it's so hot i was beating on it with my hand to kind of bend it down a little <laughs> bit so i could put my head in there and uh, as i pull the covers back these big bed bugs go running back under the covers and he sees it thunder sees it and he goes dancing all over the floor and he said, man, those are bed bugs. Those are bed bugs. Let's get out of here. It'd be safer sleeping out on the streets. I said, huh, you heard what that man said. See, at that time, the PKK, the Kurdish people, were, were angry with uh, Turkey and uh, Americans. And I could go into a long dissertation about that. But the essence was our CIA armed them to go in and take Baghdad and uh in desert storm but we backed off uh the u.s and its coalition backed off and seventy-five thousand kurdish people died because we didn't back them up with air support and all like we promised God we, have we have something to answer for in the early day of desert storm i've only seen one u.s news and world report uh, magazine just one paragraph to that effect i've looked and looked for it only seen one. So they really don't want to talk about that. But anyhow, uh, I go crawling under the covers. And uh, I said, uh, well, I'll tell you what, brother, if God can shut lions' mouths, he can certainly shut bedbugs' mouths. I'm, he told me I could sleep tonight, and in Psalms chapter 4, verse 8, I'm taking my sleeping pill. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for so the Lord gives his beloved rest. I get to rest tonight. Well, he's pacing the floor. And I crawled under those covers, and I laid my head on that hard, hard pillow, and I was out like a light. I woke up 9 o'clock the next morning. I had slept 12 hours. Woke up 9 o'clock, couldn't believe it was that time, looked at him, he's still pacing the floor. The bed over there didn't look like any covers had ever been pulled back. I said, did you make your bed? He says, I didn't sleep in it. He <laughs> says, I just I just kept walking all night. He says, I'm not sleeping in that thing. He says, I'm afraid to do anything but just walk. I got my, my backpack up on my, my suitcase up on that chair, and he says, it's staying there. <laughs> he says, I don't want to take any bed bugs with me. And he said, there's probably not enough left of you for to for to haul away you'd be eaten alive and i crawled out from under there and he looked me over up and down he couldn't find one bite on me and that really shook him that really amazed him and uh, 
he got several stories with me. Uh, that day we were we were walking, and the Lord told me to turn left and don't crest the hill, but turn left and stay along it down low. And so he and I were going low along, and all of a sudden explosions started taking place, and we came up around the hill and looked back where we would have walked right in the middle of it, and here was... Uh, I counted 12. He said he counted 16 uh, Turkish soldiers dead, bodies smoking. They had hit the personnel carrier with an RPG, and uh, it just blew that thing up. And uh, we'd have been right in them. It would have blown up right in our faces. We might have been talking to them when it hit. I don't know, but the Lord spared our life. But so by, we got a little bit of stories there, you know. But uh, by learning he came to hear. To the Lord. By listening to the the voice of the Lord, God would direct you. And um, that's right. Let me ask you one final question tonight, and that is: When you go to these areas to prayer walk, uh, do mm-hmm. we do we need to bind any of the principalities and powers in the heavenlies? What do you think I'm, about that? I'm very cautious about binding principalities and powers. I only do it by definite and express permission and command of the Lord. The reason is, uh, if you if you go about doing that, the question is, is the church in that region, are they ready to rescue those that have been bound by those principalities and powers? Or are they just going to continue on business as usual? And those that have lived their life totally directed by those spirits, fallen spirits and familiar spirits and principalities, they can no longer get guidance. They can no longer get instruction. They can no longer get their inspiration from Lucifer and his power. Then you're going to have two things happen. You're going to have the suicide rate just go off the chart. You're going to have another prince come in and take over, another principality come in and take over. And uh, I believe the last area of that uh, state of that area will be far more bound and harder to take than if we'd have left it alone until the church is ready to rescue. So I'm a little different on uh, binding and loosing in that area when it comes to principalities and powers. I, I... just prayer walk and uh, and pray more for individuals, families, businesses, governments, and things like that. But I, I'm very, very cautious about coming against principalities and powers. Now, Brother uh, Henry, where are you headed next? What's uh, what's this year going to look like for you? Well, I'm I'm working on i got back so late i was just working on going my itinerary for america up through uh well june i've got to be back in japan uh for a little bit of ministry then i come back and so i will my itinerary now is uh, heading toward uh indiana ohio uh and that area new york michigan and back to Illinois and Iowa, and then head over to the Pacific Northwest through Minnesota and Montana. 
and uh, from uh, Washington State, Idaho and Washington State, I will go up over into British Columbia and Vancouver, British Columbia and Vancouver Island, and then I will come back down. Uh, from there, I will fly in June to uh, to Nagoya, Japan, and come back to Vancouver, British Columbia, and then I will go to. Uh, uh, then I will go down to Washington State and do more ministry around Mount Vernon and Seattle area. Mike Delarenjo in uh, Seattle, our father's house, and uh, do ministry in that area. And then go down to Portland and be working with Portland uh, and have our annual board meeting in August. Uh, the last, Actually, the last Saturday in July. And then I do some more ministry in August, then I will head home, and in September, the Lord willing, I will be heading back toward Singapore, Malaysia, Taiwan, and uh, then Japan. Praise the Lord. Now, when you when you go back, will you be doing more prayer walking, and you'll be doing teaching at the same time? All the above. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, do you yeah. make available any of the dates that you'll be and locations um, here in America, if people want to come out and hear you speak, any way to find yeah, out that? as soon as I get solid on dates, I had been gone for three months and I didn't make up a schedule, so I'm calling pastors uh, to speak in some of these areas now in Indiana, Ohio, and uh, Michigan, and uh, New York up around that area, so I'm calling pastors to work on speaking in some of those areas. I want to encourage you, when you get some of those dates firmed up, maybe put them on your website, and uh, people could have an opportunity to come out and uh, hear you minister. Um, I understand for many years you've been working on a thing called the Prayer Walkers uh, Diary. Any uh, plans <laughs> to release that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been working on it, and that I'm a, I'm a I'm a living epistle, read and read of men daily, but getting it down in writing, <laughs> I've been on the go too much. And uh, my time is so consumed that when I get into rest, I go to sleep and get my rest and then go back to ministering to people uh, that I haven't done anything more on that journal of a walker. And uh, I don't even have the first 10 years fully fully done, and I'm in 54 years of prayer walking now. <laughs> now, Brother Henry, did you complete the testimony of um, leading one of the top witches in the U.K. to Jesus? Did you ever commit that to paper? Uh, I have done that, and uh, I gave it to a screenwriter who's talking about maybe making a movie out of it uh, to, to counteract Harry Potter and all that stuff. What a fantastic I, testimony that would be. Um, yeah, I haven't heard from him, but uh, he said it'd be at least two years before he would think about it because they're so busy with two other movies. But okay. uh, I did submit it to him, 25 pages to him of that. Well, at the right time, uh, I know you'll release that. That would be awesome to hear that. And uh, how can a person support your ministry, Brother Groover? Well, we just uh, we don't send out prayer letters. Uh, we don't beg people. You won't receive from us mail every day and all this. If you receive mail from us, it'll be because you ask for materials or something, and we sent them to you. And we may send a materials catalog. That's the most we send out. We don't uh, 
I don't, I don't, I, I believe in going into my closet, praying to the Father in secret, and He tells me where to go and what to do, and He provides without telling anybody our needs. So that that's the way we've operated now for 54 years, and God has always supplied, and our needs are met, and I'm very thankful. And so, if they want to give, uh, it's Joyful Sound Ministries. Uh, you can go on computer. And you can you can give a donation through like PayPal, and they'll send you a receipt. Uh, PayPal with joyfulsoundministries.com, and uh, or uh, Joyful Sound Ministries or JSM Inc. Uh, PO Box 144, Woodbine W O D B as in boy I N E Woodbine Iowa 51579. That's our address. You can send donations in that way. And uh, we, we're not equipped to take, uh, to take credit cards. I, I have never done that yet. So checks are okay or money orders. Do you I have, encourage uh, you to send cash in the mail. <laughs> do you have PayPal available on your website? We do have PayPal on our website. Yeah, and, and they you, can order materials and, and donate through PayPal. We don't put any price on our materials. It's whatever you donate. Uh, that's what we use. It's an account to just reproduce more materials and keep them out there. Okay, and uh, give out your website again, please. It's joyfulsoundministries.com All right. or henrygroover.com. And uh, I'll come up uh, either way, but joyfulsoundministries.com, it'll come up, I believe. Now, if and there we're is someone. redoing our website, but. Uh, Praise God. You know, if there is someone out there tuning in that uh, will be listening and would like to invite you out to the church or to speak, what would be the best way to make contact with you? Well, they could call uh, call our office and uh, get that information down or write uh, P.O. Box 144, Woodbine, Iowa, 51579, Joyful Sound Ministries, or Henry Groover, uh, or call 712 712- Six four seven three one zero four, and uh, if it's at an hour my secretary's not in, and she doesn't relay it to her cell phone, then just leave a message, and uh, she'll record that and get it to me. And if I'm in your part of the country, I'll do my best to pray about coming or contacting you, and as time permits. Praise the Lord. We, we want to welcome everybody tuning in today. We've got people tuning away. In as far away as Australia today, I want to say hello to Trina Taguchi in Japan, uh, America oh, and Canada. You, Trina. <laughs> Brother Henry, uh, as we prepare to close, do you have any prayer requests that uh, you would like any of the intercessors out there tuning in to lift up for you? I, I think just mainly that, uh, that God will be, continue using me to be faithful to him and uh, to to have more and more wisdom in dealing with all the issues uh, of the world powers and the places that I go and to be a protection and a shield over my family because, yes, our family has suffered from me being gone. So I've been gone the last 35 years now, 10 months a year. Amazing. And so my family has paid a, a, quite a dear price for my obedience and uh, 
just keep them in prayer, if you would. I, I'd appreciate it very much because they've they've been through their tests and their trials with Dad gone so much, and uh, raising 13 children is not easy on my wife, and so pray for her that the Lord will bless her as well. We certainly will do that, and... Um... Brother Groove, I want to thank you so much for coming on tonight. We've done, by the grace of God, about 2,400 broadcasts in five years. And I have to say that today is one of the most important that we have done. It is so loaded with gold nuggets and jewels for people to go back and listen and mine and begin to apply in the name of Jesus. I also want to encourage you, Brother Henry, uh, as you're on the road, don't forget to take your uh, personal recorder with you. And tape as much as you can. Yes. I just, I just packed it last night. <laughs> Fill it Thank up, and, uh, and uh, we'll help you get those converted. Uh, would you like to close in prayer tonight? Absolutely. Oh, precious Father. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for this time that we've had to just speak into lives and individuals. We praise you for that. And I just pray now, Lord, that whatever was was spoken into each heart, that it will be sealed by the Holy Spirit and that it will bring forth good fruit after its kind, that you'll comfort anyone, Lord, that, that is suffering in any way, mentally, physically, spiritually that you would just watch over them and touch them and minister to them right now, that your precious presence, Lord, will just go with them and and that your help will be there. Our help is in the name of the Lord and that they'll call upon your name because you're so faithful. You said it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Lord, so if they don't know you as their Savior, that they will call upon your holy name and be saved. And Lord, that they'll write us and let us know what's what's happened in their life and uh, if we can be of any help to them, Lord, in any way. So just bless the people that have been with us today on the air and be with them and bless them in each nation. Thank you for those, Lord, that are listening clear overseas that up in the middle of the night, down in Australia, Lord, bless them this morning and and just be with each one of them. Oh, precious Lord, thank you for this time. Bless my brother Davis, Lord Jesus, and the ministry and the work of Omega Man, Omega Radio. Bless them abundantly, Lord, and protect them, protect the word as it goes forth and every form of communication that they put out or receive. Bless them and protect them and provide. Lord, bless them financially so they can continue what they're doing and bless them with wisdom and understanding in what to do and what to approach for the days ahead. And thank you for this time. We appreciate it. We so appreciate it, Father. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. I touch and agree and receive that. And Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just bless Brother Henry, Sister Groover, the entire family, the kids and the grandchildren. God, we ask that you would cover them right now in your protection. Put a wall of fire from Zechariah 2 and 5 to surround them in Jesus' name. Lord God, loose your mightiest warrior angels to surround them for their protection. We cover Mm. you and your entire family with the blood of Jesus Christ. 
I'm asking God that you would give Brother Henry the, the greatest favor that he has seen in the last 50 years and open up new doors, God. Give him new places to prayer walk. Bring in multitudes to come in and learn this training, God, so they can go out and be, do likewise. Meet his needs financially. Bless him and his family's health, God, in the name of Jesus. Give him yes, favor Lord. in new locations, God, even into North Korea, as you will it. And Lord, yes, Lord. in the yes, name Lord. of Jesus, we just break any word curses or any witchcraft that has been sent against you and your family. We loose you from Amen. it in Jesus' name. And we bind up and rebuke any spirit of backlash, retaliation, revenge, retribution, hindrance, or delay that would come against you, your ministry, or your family. We break it off of you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, Amen. for what you're going to continue to do and the testimonies that are forthcoming in the mighty name of Jesus. And oh, I want man. to uh, encourage... Thank you, Lord. I received that. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I want to encourage well, everybody out there thank you. to uh, follow Brother Groover at henrygroover.com or joyfulsoundministries.com. Support the ministry. Pick up the materials. And uh, one final request, Brother Henry, you have a son who is a prophet missionary to Africa. And uh, when you see him next, I would like you to extend an invitation See if he would like to come on Omega Man Radio and share some of his testimony. Bring the word. Okay. <laughs> you, you've asked me to do that several times, and I've told him. And, uh, you know, he's different, I guess. He, he's, very, he's very cautious about going on the air and telling things that God is doing. I don't know. He, he just says, Dad, I, I'm, I'm just not a broadcaster. <laughs> well, you tell him that uh, it's just like having a conversation on the telephone. It's laid back and... I tell you what, ask him to pray and see if the Father would have him to release to come on here. And if the Lord says go, then I'm sure he will obey. Amen? I'll do that. I'll do that, brother. I promise you I will. <laughs> I'll encourage him. I hope he will. But uh, We would love to. He's uh, kind of shy about that. He just uh, <laughs> he's a dad, I'm not you. <laughs> He'll do fine. We'll, we'll be, we'll be, um, we'll be yeah, gentle. Yeah, Brother Henry, I'll sure do that. All right. We well, love and appreciate you, my brother. All of you. We'll talk to you again somewhere down the road or in the air or somewhere. <laughs> we'll be back in touch. God bless you. Thank you for going into overtime with me. Awesome. And I'll send you a Thank master you, copy. God bless you, my brother. Thank you so much. And Lord be with you now. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. Good night. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Folks, we got three hours with Henry Groover. That was amazing. You know what, those broadcasts are so rare that um, every time we get to him to come on, it's just a real treat. Because I think the last broadcast we did was, it was way over a year ago. And um, I'll tell you, I praise the Lord Jesus Christ that we got him on tonight. Uh, mighty example of what can be done for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, God's no respecter of persons. God wants to use you tuning in in a mighty way for him. He's just looking for people saying, Lord, here I am. I will go where you tell me to go and say what you want me to say. Do what you tell me to do. If we'll take that attitude, God will begin to set some amazing things up for you and I. Amazing divine appointments to minister to people, to uh, go into places that need the saints of God, to get in there and minister. Amazing stuff. You know what? This broadcast is so loaded with nuggets I'm hoping there's someone out there that transcribe. We'll transcribe the audio and um, 
this is probably, I think, maybe the uh, probably the fourth probably the fourth time we've had Brother Henry Groover on the program in five years. Maybe we did five, but it hasn't been many. And you know why? He is so busy. Ten months out of the year, he's on the road. So I want to really thank Brother Henry Groover for making this time available three hours today. Praise God. I hope that you glean much from this and will as you go back and listen. I'm going to actually go back and pull the other shows from the archives, and I think I'm going to turn this one into a printed CD set. Make them available. You can download them for free right out of the archives. Uh, I will have this one up this afternoon. And um, you can go over to uh, Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. Get a copy of this. You can get a copy of every broadcast we do. If you missed yesterday, it was an awesome day. We closed out with the Prophets Lord and Argina Do with Joy Christian Center. If you missed that program, you missed the other ones last night. Great stuff. Um, and you can download those from Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. SoundCloud should be up and running again by the end of the week. I'm almost done. I'm on the final home stretch. I've got, I think, 95 more audios to upload to get us current. And um, we're doing, at this juncture, about 100 new shows a month by the grace of God. So a lot of content. It's all free. Uh, download these, share them with friends. And um, a real easy way to do that is there's a little share link on Blog Talk and also SoundCloud. You find the ones that you want to share, hit that button, and you can put it up on your Facebook wall. You can send a person a link. They can download it. And um, you'll be blessed, as they will. I want to thank you for making these programs possible. Don't forget, Prayer Time with the Prophets, every day, Monday through Friday. I believe it is 12 noon Pacific, about an hour from now, 3 Eastern. We're going to be back uh, today at 1 p.m. with Omega Man London. We're going to bring David Measures to you from Leicestershire, England. We're doing London shows uh, three times this week, Thursday with Sam Masreco, and on Friday, Winston Folks of London, England. Then we'll be back in the evening. Our broadcast is Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern. Uh, we filled it up all this week. Let me tell you what's coming up tonight. We're going to have, again, Omega Man London at 4 Eastern, 7 p.m. Worldwide Communion with Joseph Cohen. We're going to have Apostle Ivory Hopkins tonight from 8 to 10 Eastern. He'll be doing spiritual warfare training with some open lines for deliverance. A little mini mass deliverance at the end. We're going to have Minister Natalie Olson at 10. Then, last but not least, you don't want to miss our late show, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. We're going to welcome back Carla Butad. She'll be doing spiritual warfare training and some massive deliverance tonight. And today is just Tuesday. Wow. We've got great stuff coming up every night this week. Uh, thank you for making these programs possible. And uh, may the Lord richly bless each and every one out there. I would encourage you to go to henrygroover.com. Again, you can um, order many of his CDs. He's got some DVDs. He's got a couple booklets over there. And uh, they're free will and love offering donation. You can support his ministry. Uh, it's a great ministry to get involved in because when you help send him to these locations to prayer walk, you know what? You receive fruit from that. You get fruit. doesn't matter how much you give. It's a fact you did something. It could be a dollar. You'll get the same reward as those that go to the front lines uh, when you help send them. G God has a great uh, payout plan. <laughs> when you support the work of the Lord, the, the, the fruit that comes from these ministries, you get a piece of. And that's pretty awesome. So I encourage you to uh, 
give as God directs you uh, to various ministries that you hear on this program and others that God will put in your path. And uh, God will bless you because souls are being won for Jesus. People are being set free. People are being saved from body bags that the enemy wants to take them out. You know, uh, suicides thwarted in Jesus' name. Great stuff coming from these full gospel ministries that are, are doing what Jesus did. Amen. I love and appreciate y'all. I'm going to get out of here. I want to thank you for uh, getting up early with me today. It was quite early. And I thank, thank you, Jesus, for opening this door. I thank you for answering the prayer that we could get a hold of Brother Henry Groover. And sure enough, he called me. And I thank you, Lord, for waking me up because I went to bed pretty late last night after the show. And I fell asleep and did not set my alarm clock. And God woke me up about a quarter till six. I've been up since then. And I said, oh, praise God. If God had not woken me up, I would have slept right through the interview, very possibly missed part of it. So I thank you, Jesus, for waking me up. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I set my alarm clock when I did get up. But you know what? I didn't go back to sleep. I said, man, I can't afford. What if the alarm clock doesn't work? You know, don't want to miss this show. It could be another year before we get Brother Henry Groover on. So praise the Lord. Now, we're going to be doing... Um, Again, um, a broadcast in about two hours. So I'm going to get out of here and get a little breakfast. I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank uh, Shouts out to Prophet Lauren Dew, Argina Dew, Prophetess Argina Dew. Check out their website, laurendew.com. They've got a program in about an hour from now. Every day, be a part of that. I want to say hello to Laron, HM, Brother Peter in England. We've got Gil, Angelica. God bless you. And congratulations to you. I think uh, you're on the final stretch. Get your bachelor's degree this month praise god for you um or is it may but right around the corner white vixen kn in africa tuning in eric the red seth nicole sister juliet thank you for helping on sunday to cast those devils out of the people in jesus name and for all the people that you're bringing forward for deliverance edward Rhonda, egregium keith trina taguchi good to see you trina god bless you over in japan Artie, Lori, heather miss songwriter New listener from the United Kingdom. We'll be on tonight at uh, 9 p.m. London, also Tuesday and Thursday. Once again, uh, if you want to find out more about Omega Man Radio, go to OmegaManRadio.com. You can email me, care of the website, or you can add me as a friend up on Facebook, Omega Man Radio. I forgot to tell you, when I woke up this morning, I checked my Facebook, and uh, one of the reasons I didn't go back to sleep was um, also because I got a contact from a, a sister in Hong Kong asking for de- de- uh, deliverance, desperate plea, and um, didn't have Skype, but praise God, I was able to dial over there, pray with her. She speaks Cantonese, but sp- spoke enough English that we could communicate. Good news is demons, they, they're multilingual, and we begin the process of doing some deliverance. Uh, praise God for that. Deliverance is breaking out in Hong Kong. And uh, we're going to also try to hook her up with Brother Ted Spath, uh, one of the brothers on the ground, uh, been in Hong Kong for a number of years, see if he can go over there and minister some deliverance. But uh, I'm excited because with uh, Skype, you can reach out anywhere in the world, Skype to Skype, or you get a little long-distance package, $3 a month for unlimited USA and Canada. And beyond that, Hong Kong, it only cost me a couple pennies per minute. It's pretty awesome what you can do. And I know the enemy is angry. And we want to see people 
raised up out there to begin to, as Brother Henry Groover said, understand you've got authority in Jesus Christ and Jesus wants to use you. You've got the same authority as anyone else in Christ. Will you use it? Will you use the keys of the kingdom? Will you say, Lord, here I am. I'll work with someone. Put them in my path. Have them contact me on Facebook. I'll pray for them. Didn't know her from Adam. She had found out through the YouTube channel and about deliverance and somehow God brought her over Messaged me on Facebook, added her as a friend, made the call, and did what I could. That's all God expects. You work with those he puts in your path. So praise God. There was a divine appointment there today. Do round one of deliverance. We prayed, and Jesus set her free of some things today. More to come. Amen? Well, praise God. Uh, That's all he asks. Work with those that he puts in your path. Amen? So uh, thank you, Jesus, for that... um, a divine appointment today, and uh, with that, I better get out of here or there'll be no breakfast. <laughs> Thank you, guys and gals. Love y'all, and um, we'll see you again on the next edition of Omega Man Radio. I'll have this up in the archives for you today. Feel free to burn copies of these. Use them in any way that you want. Get the word out. Send them to people. Uh, tell people about the program, and uh, good news, I've got 100 new bumper stickers in. If you'd like one, email me with your mailing address, hard copy mailing address. This is a... Uh, this is Generation 2 bumper sticker. I'll put it up on my Facebook. I've already tested it out. Put it up on my the end of my truck, and it's working. It says, Demon reading this, I bind you and command you to manifest and come out now in Jesus Christ's name. Free exorcism, OmegaManRadio.com. <laughs> it was a three-liner before. I expanded it to four lines, and uh, this is a pretty beautiful bumper sticker. I call it Rolling Warfare. You're going down the road. Someone's up behind you at the stoplight, and they just glance down and look at your bumper sticker. It's all she wrote for those demons. You can do some damage to the demons going right down the road. You can add to it, you know. Um, so free. If you like one, write me, and I'll send you one. I have 100 to give away. OmegaManRadio at Yahoo.com. Send me your mailing address. And uh, may the Lord richly bless you. We'll see you again later. Thank you for tuning in. Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you.